I've got a pancreas to destroy. I don't have time for this. and welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we're finally talking about Babysitter's Club book 43, Stacey's Long Foreshadowed Pancre Emergency. Yay! <laughs> diabetes! <laughs> we've been waiting for this for so long. All the diabetes content that we've been pining for, that we've been getting our hopes up for. Finally, a health crisis. Uh, it, it, this might sound completely like bizarre and heartless and awful to anybody who hasn't been listening to the past 50 episodes. And I mean, I don't know why you're listening to this one if you weren't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. what. When did this start coming up? It's it's more than 20 episodes ago? I think so, yeah. It's a yeah. very long time. They have been foreshadowing this for ages. Plus, like we actually just de- like this recording got delayed for weeks. Yes, as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, both in Stony Brook and in reality, this has been a damn long time coming. Yeah, <laughs> very excited for some hospital-based content. Karen, I know you read this as a kid. I know this was like your favorite book, which so many times, and I, I'm not sure why. I, I, but I do remember chunks of it, like off off the top of my head. Um, random chunks. I didn't remember the B plot, turns out, at all. Um, so that was gone. But like, yeah, very many details about the hospital stay and Stacey's general sort of feelings about things. What about you, Aoife? Did you read this? Yep, I definitely did. I, I absolutely loved hospital stuff when I was a kid. Like, loved it. <laughs> like, my parents would call me in if there was like surgery being shown on television. Like, <laughs> I, I, I will never forget seeing a wildlife program or like dolphin rescue or something where there was footage of endoscopy on a dolphin. <laughs> I, like, oh, yes, this was the good stuff. So I was much older. I think I read this after I was too old for like I was probably 13 or 14 and kind of grown out of the babysitter's club but I was just like <gasps> yes I have to read this one and I did um, I don't think I owned it so I definitely wouldn't have reread it but I know I made a point of reading this one because like Stacy was in a hospital bed on the cover so it had to be good <laughs> oh man yeah I didn't read this at all so like this was I was coming in fresh and yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was unprepared for the twists and turns. Maybe she was going to die, as far as you knew. I thought it was unlikely because it's a first-person narrative, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that. <laughs> oh man, imagine reading Babysitter's Club and like three quarters of the book and three quarters of the way through, it's like taken up by like Claudia writing sadly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh Jesus. For real. I, I did read... Um, a murder novel by like a very high profile writer where it starts off it's not a first person narrator but it is the point of view character and you're going through her daily life and she's complaining about her bad plumbing and stuff like that in her own inner monologue whatever and then halfway through she gets murdered oh my um, god like gruesomely and it picks up with people investigating her murder and I was like this feels like bad form this, you weren't even trying to do something clever here. It was just like, oh yeah, well, I guess I'll switch over now. And it's like, I, I feel like I didn't, I didn't finish it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to know. I'm out. That's not what you're supposed to do. That's not the social contract of a yes. murder mystery. Like, that's not how you 
you're not supposed to care about the dead person in a murder mystery. You're supposed yes. to just be able to read it happily as an interesting puzzle. They're a dead MacGuffin. The Agatha Christie uh, version of it, where it's like this, uh, <laughs> oh, it's just a bunch of um, terrible, replaceable rich people where um, <laughs> they're stuck on an island. And oh my God, that's four out of the eight of us is dead now. Well, <laughs> Um, was it the butler? Oh gosh, it was the butler's wife. Who's going to cook the lunch? Oh my goodness, this is very inconvenient. <laughs> there should be absolutely, like, you can choose to be like, oh, that's actually quite sad that that person died, but you have to opt yeah. in to feeling emotionally yes. connected. You yes. should be, you should have to opt in to feeling emotionally connected to, uh, mm. to the murder victims in, in, yeah. a, in a murder mystery. Don't just spring it on me. <laughs> Ideally, they should be a bit of a cipher at the start, so you learn stuff about them as you go yes. on. And you're like, ah, no, okay, so there's a you know mysterious oh. past. Like it's not, yeah. Like oh, um, yesterday we were choosing socks with this woman out of her sock drawer, yeah. and now it, it, she's a corpse. Yeah, exactly. It should be there's a dead body, and then like twi- like, mm. like five chapters later, it should be like ah, her emeralds were fakes. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think that is just like trying too hard to do something new with the format and like, no, I can see why you're not on board with it. So, but we're not a murder mystery podcast. So. No, no, we're not. <laughs> Today we're a medical drama podcast. <laughs> um, Let's do the covers. I want to like breeze past Hodges Swillow because like... It's fine. I'm disappointed in him this week. Um, I've sent you guys the links in the WhatsApp group uh, to the two covers. Like the Hodges cover is fine. Yeah. It's uh the tagline is Stacy just can't win and it's her with um Charlotte Johansson and Becca Ramsey and they're making fudge and there's a mess and everything. But like that is not what this book is about. This is not a book about kitchen mishaps. And mm, like no. this is like it le- did way happen. less interesting than it does happen, but it's way less interesting than the actual plot of the book. <laughs> Like, it's not the story, it's not what the book's about. No. Like, you, she might as well just have had a picture of Stacy like, walking down the street. Like, Exactly, yeah. Not relevant. Uh, the only thing I would say about this is that the Stacey's um, facial expression uh, here, so she's reaching desperately towards a pot which is spilling. Yeah. Um, but also, she's in this scene, she's, like, desperate to eat the fudge. Um, which <laughs> That's as, true. It, it is kind of a recurring thing throughout the book that she's, like... She, um, she's really struggling to keep to her diet because she's just she's not supposed to have too much sugar, but she's um, really really craving it right now, probably because her blood sugar is totally out of whack. Um, yeah, and so I, it could be like a a gesture towards that. I always interpreted it that way, um, mm-hmm. but you're right. No, it it <laughs> um, it, it looks like the emergency if there's going to be a hospital drama is that somebody got boiling sugar spilled on them. Yes, which would be much yes. more upsetting to read about, and I'm really glad we didn't have that book. Yeah, that yeah, I, I don't want to read that book. Thanks. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Although I probably would have very earnestly read that article in Reader's Digest as a as a ten year old. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Well, that's just educating yourself. Did you read Reader's Digest? I, I read Reader's Digest every single time I went to my grandparents' house. I read them going back to the seventies. <laughs> wow. I yeah. I used to. Um, my folks always had them around, and I would always read them. And um, I discovered years later that I'd read a couple of them, and they were like, "Oh yeah, well you liked them, so we kept buying them. They're a bit right wing for us, actually." <laughs> That's so embarrassing for you. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'm the reason these things are hanging around. My okay. parents kept reactionary screeds around to keep me quiet. That's amazing. I, it wasn't that reactionary. Actually, so we, we actually got the Asian Reader's Digest, which was different content completely and um, had like specific... It, it, there was... Yeah, anyway, I won't go into this. But um, yeah, so it, was, it may have been less like... 
Um, to be honest, the UK one wasn't particularly, I mean, it was mildly right-leaning, but it wasn't, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't reactionary. <laughs> My dad describes it as all these articles about, is your baby a communist? Um, yeah. Which I, I didn't really yeah, pick up on. There was an awful lot of teenagers these days in it, you know. They did a series where, um, in all of the different jurisdictions where they did a test where they left like 10 wallets around the place with money in it and also with contact details and photos so that you could find, and they wanted to work out which cities were the best for um, returning the the wallets and uh, Hong Kong came like at the very bottom of the scale and were like well there you go <laughs> like, oh god Hong Kong's pretty low on crime in a lot of ways but like I guess if you lose your wallet then kind of you know more full you Reader's Digest that's not crime crime you didn't actively do the thing you just picked it up on the that's street that's just finding crime that's not taking crime <laughs> exactly. it's passive crime it doesn't feel like crime. This is like a reverse trolley problem, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if there's five wallets discarded on the street, do you pick them up or do you steal one wallet out of someone's pocket? <laughs> I, I, I've lost, I've lost track now. This is like one of those maths problems where I start trying to work it out and then realize I'm not capable. It's the sort of thing I would have an anxiety dream about where like I had to pick up all the wallets and as much of the cash as I could from them because I was going to be moved on from the area any second. And if I didn't, I would lose some money, but more money kept spilling out of the wallets all the time when I was trying to pick it up off the ground. Yeah, that's all I'm thinking about now. Okay, we've uncovered some stuff in Aoife's psyche. <laughs> Sorry about that. She has a fear of too much money. <laughs> I have anxiety dreams about picking up money from the ground and not being able to get it quickly enough and I won't have, I won't be able to like get the good of it. Aoife, breathe. It's okay. It's okay. None of this is happening. Yeah, it's fine. Focus it's fine. on this cover. Look at Stacy. Look at her glorious Farrah Fawcett hair. Oh, this is amazing. This is not a fluffy blonde perm English artist. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's... This whole picture is... This whole thing is very 70s. It's like the art from the 70s girls' annuals that I inherited from my, yes. my Gen X sisters. Yes, that it's is, a Bunty illustration. Yes, it, it, very Bunty, very Judy. Yes. yes. And like, yes. it would be a hospital story where she found love with the cute boy in the next bed in the hospital or something. Yes. In an extremely chaste manner. Or died. I read, like, or died. I, or died. I read a couple of those in my cousin's house. They, they sometimes had, yes. Yeah. Sometimes they become a really good person and then die. That's true. Yes. Although yeah. they were very fond of doing that in the Victorian comics, but not as men, not as much in the modern stories. Yeah. Sometimes in the Victorian comics, it turns out that it's a ghost now. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Telling those were story. great reads. Yeah, those were amazing. really creative. Actually, when I think of it, like there was a lot of random stuff in those that you just I don't think you could get that these days. Anyway, when my dad moved to this country, he got really into reading those comics because they didn't have a similar thing in America. So he would just like he was just this random like weirdo American who would. <laughs> buzz down to the shop and buy like Bunty comic every week because he was like, oh yes, I want to find out what's happening to the four Marys. By weirdo American, we mean like like adult bearded man. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Working as a bartender, if I recall correctly. Yes. <laughs> For like Amazing. the maximum Ireland experience. Anyway, so Stacy is looking gloriously 1970s. She has a huge flicky fringe. She has long soft waves. She's wearing a sort of mustard yellow Bardo top nightgown. She would never, ever wear this. Ever. No. By Bardo top, she would wear a Bardo top. This actually is like a Bardo top, but it's, it's like ruched into ruffles around the neck and like the sleeves have ruffles around them as well to make them sort of like um, puffed sleeves. It's 
disastrous. It looks kind of like it's made of curtains. It does. Like it looks like it's made of thick, heavy velvet fabric. And I don't know why she's wearing this in bed. This is so extra. It looks very uncomfortable. Why does she have a smoky eye going on when she's like, it's, it's quite pronounced. Yeah, her eye makeup is on point here. It's very elegant. Look, there are only two babysitters who would be relied on to have eye makeup on point while being moments from slipping into a coma, and Stacey is one of them. <laughs> That's true. Mm. So, But she does look like she's going to go sing a folk ballad on a TV show in like the very late 60s. Possibly with an auto harp. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also behind her is the most menacing nurse ever. She's looking at a thermometer, but like there's a weird shadow over her face and she's got this scowl and it absolutely looks like she's about to inject something into Stacey's IV that she should not be injecting. It kind of does. Also, what year was this book? Uh, 1991, I believe. Old fashioned ass <laughs> nurse's uniform for 1991. Yeah. She's got the, the dress and the Scrubs were invented, like belt and the well, and they the weren't hat. worn everywhere. She's got the hat. And the hat, like they ditched the hats well before, like they they did like scrubs and tunics and stuff. Like this is just. I bet they had scrubs in New York, though, in a private hospital in Probably. New York. I bet they had up to the minute scrubs. Most of the hospitals here didn't do scrub. Don't do scrubs for nurses. They do like, but they do trousers and tunic tops, like yeah. button up mm-hmm. tunic top things, and yeah. they they switch to those. In the This nurse is in a belted dress and she has an upside down watch on her breast yes. pocket and she has a little hat that looks like it's made of a folded napkin and she teleported in from the 70s with Stacey's hair. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> My mom had all of those and I remember her having them and she possibly still had them in 1991, but I think she ditched the hat because they're, they, but that was like a, a conservative, like a con- really conservative um, hospital in the countryside, it was like a backwater forgotten psychiatric hospital that like was slow to move with the times in all things. Um, and I'm pretty sure by 1992, my mom was wearing trousers and tunics. Um, <laughs> and by 1991, she definitely did not have the little hat. She, she had several of them, like she'd wash and iron them and they're actually like a flat piece that has folds. It has like bits sticking out, like kind of crucifix shaped. It's kind of origami like. Yeah. And then you origami it on and you use like bobby pins to secure it to oh itself and then to your head. Such a faff. That's so much effort. It's so pointless. And the men, meanwhile, were told wear a shirt and tie. Cool. <laughs> cool. This, to be honest, I'm looking, the more I look at this nurse, the more AI generated she looks like. <laughs> she does, but it's just a bad human artist. Yeah. Isn't it nice? I think actually maybe the artist just spilled something on the page and was like, okay, I can't scrub this off, so I'm just going to make it look like it was an intentional shadow. It has shades of the reconstructed Jesus fresco that that <laughs> woman randomly did in Italy a few oh, years ago. It does, actually, yes. yeah. It does. Except this artist is better than that, yeah. I hasten to add. But there's, it's got that blurry, smudgy thing going on. Like, I've, it's been rubbed out and drawn again, so yes. I have a look to it. Yes, yes, that's it. And her, her nose did not survive very well in that process. That said, I I I give this my v- thumbs up for this week, mm. like, because it actually shows you what the book is about. It does. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt. I, we're, we're, we're nitpicking here. Like, it's fine. And like, the detail in the uniform is actually really good. Like, all those pleats and creases and, and the same with Stacey's weird, ugly nightdress thing. Like, yeah. They did their picture research. They just didn't do their fashion research. Did Hodges put Claudia in hospital? 
or did he do something else? Does he not like doing hospital beds? There was a hospital cover, was there? No. Is there? Oh, that is a good question. Let me check. Bad now. joke. Yeah. yeah, Claudia and the bad joke. Because I remember, yeah, we we concluded that Claudia's picture in the UK cover had originally been a new mother uh, cradling a baby, and yes. um, the baby had been replaced with flowers because she looked yeah. radiant and not like she'd just had her leg broken. <laughs> yes, that was it. I think the US cover didn't have the hospital in it. No, it does. It's got Claudia on a hospital bed being visited by kids. All right, well then, I'm... Uh, Hodges does not have a weird clause in his contract where he never has to paint a hospital. He just <laughs> made a weird choice this week. Fair enough. Well, it is a fun scene, that one. Um, and they have their alien dealy boppers on, which is, like, extremely cute. I appreciated that attention to detail. It's quite possible that Hodges was given the brief for the cover before the um, first draft was finalised. And they were like, here's a scene from an early chapter. All you needed was Stacy in the hospital. We know it's going to be the Stacy's pancreas book. It's not the Stacy makes fudge book. <laughs> I know you'd think. He didn't give us a beautifully detailed picture of a pancreas, which is to be, um, you know, commended. So. <laughs> <laughs> or a divestive system. Dear Hodges Swallow, I demand more anatomical drawings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's still painting. There's time for him to put this right. Yes, I want pancreas posters now. All parts labelled. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Oh. He's on Instagram. Oh my God. No way. And he also, he sells off the original cover paintings every I so often. I bet he fucking like, does. <gasps> oh like, yeah. Collectors buy them. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yes, they fucking. And by collectors, I mean big babysitters club nerds. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, the collectors are just big nerds yes. about things. Yeah, it's, about everything. It's fine. It's just that if you're a big nerd about like antiques, it's it's not risible it's not weird. somehow. Yeah. There's a exactly. there's a class element. There's a TV <laughs> show about you and it's fine. You can't access it if your your thing is like um those giant bobblehead dolls. Oh god. Like, <laughs> you can't invite your fancy friends around. Oh god, Funko Pops? <laughs> yes, Funko Pops. I don't want to watch Funko Pop Roadshow in fifty oh, years' god. time. <laughs> Esther well, then you better be dead before 50 years time comes round. I fully intend to be. In Antiques Roadshow in 50 years time, they're going to bring out the, I, I, I'm going to be alive in 50 years time. I make this pledge now. They're going to bring out the Funko Pops and someone's going to bring along like a crate full of Funko Pops and the dude is going to be like, uh, they're really only worth like a fiver, a fiver each. And a fiver is actually worth 50p in today's money. Now, if you had a beanie baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they made 100 million of them. I mean, yeah, you can still buy, um, uh, like, old sewing machines mm. in usable condition that are more than 100 years old now because they made so many of them because they were so useful and such a good piece of machinery. Like, and they're they're not very expensive. <laughs> um, they're still quite workable. Oh, yeah. So would you rather have a singer or a Hodges Willow oil painting? A singer. I have a singer somewhere. But is it a vintage singer? Yes, I have, my parents got me a vintage singer when I was in my mm. teens, but I may, I think I tried to do some, I tried to fix something that wasn't working spectacularly well and now it is not working. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm sure that's fixable though. There's a singer repair place in town. I bet they still fix ancient ones. Mm. Many of yeah. them. Yeah, they're probably still compatible. Singers are quite good. Yeah. This is sponsored by Singer. It's not. <laughs> It's not, but if they want to throw us a few quid, we've got a coffee. That's true, yes. <laughs> they don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they might. Oh, we should talk about this book, like, and what's yes. inside, I guess. Yeah, we should. 
dedication. We've got a Claudia Werner shout out, so you know it's going to be a good time. A good medically accurate time. Aoife, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to give us a one sentence summary if the book cover didn't do that already? Daisy ends up in hospital because her diabetes gets worse. There we go. It's a book where that happens. That's the plot. Maybe the shortest one sentence summary yet. <laughs> I think so. Uh, I didn't even need the second clause, to be honest. We we, we knew what it was about. Yeah. Stacey could never break her leg. Stacey can no. only have diabetes. We understand. Anyone can only have one thing wrong with them. So Exactly. As as we all know. Yeah. That'd be kind of nice, to be honest. <laughs> I know, yeah, right? God, living the dream. One disease. <laughs> Jesus. Comorbidities. <laughs> what are they? So we open with Stacey babysitting Charlotte Johansson. And right away, we're establishing the themes of the novel, which are A, Stacey has diabetes, and B, Charlotte Johansson is smart and anxious. Mm-hmm. Because Charlotte has been consuming a wide gamut of print media. She has just finished reading the Stony Brook News, home of such stories as Angry Pig Goes Hog Wild and Local Truck Driver Drives Self Crazy. And now she's moved on to the crime pages of the New York Times. This kid <laughs> has range, and I love it. Yep. I imagine the New York Times was gnarly in the 90s. Like, I'd say it was, yeah. Given that the crime rate kind of fell off a cliff, like, in, in more after. recent years. Yeah. yeah. She'd have been right there reading the Reader's Digest with us. Definitely. <laughs> it says, yes. your baby might be a communist. So, yeah, she's reading about <laughs> muggings and hotel fires, and Stacy is very upset and is telling her to shut up, which is pretty funny because, like, normally... Marianne gets upset about this stuff. Stacy rolls her eyes and is like, God, Marianne, you're such an unattached hick from Connecticut. I can't believe you're not into true crime like me. But Stacy does not have the appetite for it today. Uh, yeah, I love I love that. Um, and I think it's it's just especially disturbing coming from Charlotte, um, from yeah. this small child who's just apparently not at all. She's like, um, hey, let me tell you about something that's like... Clearly, that's a sexual assault by the sounds of it. Charlotte is reading some gritty stuff out of the paper and Stacey yes. is not in the mood. Yeah. Um, so she she segues over by uh, inner monologuing about her diabetes and how she has brittle diabetes, which as we learned recently means it's hard to control and she has to go on a strict di- diet. But lately her diabetes has been out of control. Uh, her numbers have been off. Uh, she's hungry and thirsty all the time, but she hasn't told her parents because she doesn't want them to worry. Um, and this establishes the third theme of the novel, which is that Stacy's parents are a fucking pain in the ass because <laughs> they're divorced yep. and they're real bad at being divorced and they keep putting her in the middle and trying to get her to spy on each other to find out if the other one is dating yet, basically. And Stacy has had enough of this. Mm-hmm. So she continues to babysit Charlotte and tell us how much she loves Charlotte and how they're just like sisters. And Charlotte is her favorite babysitting charge, even though she's not meant to have a favorite. And they have a bond, you guys. They have such a bond. And then she, when Mrs. Johansson comes home, she tells her that her diabetes has been a bit mad lately. And Mrs. Jo- Dr. Johansson, sorry, says, mm-hmm. you should get that checked out. Stacy proceeds to not get it checked out. I think she's like, I will, I'll do that when the appropriate interval arises, which is probably going to be my trip to New York, which is coming up. And then she kind yeah. of doesn't get around to it, which is just so familiar of yes. a set of thought processes. <laughs> I, I'm going to kick that over to like the next quarter. Yeah. And it's also very much something that she's secretly worrying about. She does not want yeah. to face up to this problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's freaking out about this somewhere inside. <laughs> So yes. that's why she's not doing anything about it. Because why would you think about the thing that's freaking you out just because 
Solving it involves thinking about it. <laughs> she spent an entire chapter just thinking about it. She had a whole inner monologue. Yeah, and look, ruminating is not the same as actually doing something about it. Good point. Good point. Okay. God, you sound like my therapist. <laughs> cool. That'll be 80 euro. <laughs> Dang. Can I pay you an antihistamines instead? Actually, yeah, but I only take liquid Zyrtec for the baby. Well, aren't you fancy? Well, I'm not allergic to anything. (laughs) Aren't you fancy? Mm -hmm. The notions, functioning immune system, what will they think of next? Um, So Stacey tells us that she desperately needs an escape and she needs to talk to Claudia Kishi, which segues us into chapter two, where she tells us who Claudia Kishi is and who all her other friends are. Um, We yet again get the detail that Stacy and Claudia had a meet cute where they were dressed the same in very trendy clothes and realized that they were fated to be friends. Stacy says that she and Claudia are similar because she hopes this doesn't sound stuck up. It's just true. They're both pretty sophisticated for 13 year olds. Um, also, they've been described as boy crazy and they like action. Um, are like, Weird candy mention of the week is something called root beer barrels, which I googled, and it sounds profoundly unpleasant. It's like a hard candy boiled sweet type thing that's root beer flavoured, which if you've never had root beer, it tastes like stamp glue. It is the nastiest shit. It's so bad. (laughs) It's deep heat. (laughs) Yeah, it tastes like a punishment. Brian loves root beer, but um, yeah, it's very specialised. It's He's wrong. He's wrong and he should feel bad. <laughs> but also hard candies. I was assuming it was something like cola bottles. <laughs> I thought that too, but I looked it up and like, no, they're like hard and shiny. Ugh. The least fun candy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're bad. Claudia is not bringing her candy A game. <laughs> Although this is Stacey giving a hypothetical example. So maybe she just okay. doesn't want to think about it too much. That's fair. And she tells us about who else is in the club. Um... She gives us the fun fact that she calls Watson Watson because that's what Christy calls him, which it would be hilarious if Christy was still calling him Mr. Thomas when she was like living in his house. <laughs> Mr. Brewer. Mr. Brewer. Yes. Mr. Brewer, sorry. I think he should have taken Thomas when he married. He should. He should. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's no ally. I, that, always, that kind of thing always like threw me because I was just like, what else are you going to call your friend's parents? Yeah. Or you just call them nothing at all and hope it never comes up. Like just kind of slide by. Yeah. yeah. Sir. And, and refer to them in the third person as like so-and-so's mom and so-and-so's exactly. dad. I have yeah. no recollection of what I called any of my parents. My, like, I no, called all no. my friends' parents by their first names. Every last one of them. Nobody batted an eyelid. I don't think I think it would have been really <laughs> weird if it hadn't. And I called their grandparents whatever the kids called them. Gima. <laughs> like, yes. Oh yeah, no. Um, I and I now like now that I'm kind of back visiting home a lot more and reconnecting people back there. I, I I'm still like I'm like oh I've got to go visit Nanny Doyle, <laughs> and um oh I saw Gangan out walking on the road recently. <laughs> yeah. I I called on my friends' parents by their first names, but worried that it was disrespectful, but also felt it would be too weird to call them Mr. and Mrs. whatever. So I didn't do that, but I just felt bad about it. The the thing I found most um, tricky was navigating that transition from your, they are the parents of your friends to, in some cases, you're now an adult and you're not that far away from them in real terms in age <laughs> like so in particular one of my friends mums who did a phd very shortly before me on a similar topic and who was really helpful so like we 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 went and had like coffee 
it, like I, in a. I know you were colleagues. We were co- we were colleagues. Like I I helped her get a job later on, which was like it was so so weird. Just to be able to kind of hook her up with some that you know. Is weird. Kind of, but like we were you know sitting down. It's like okay, yeah. So here are some theories. These are really good. This is another thing you're gonna want to look at. And I'm like just having flashbacks to like oh god, we had a really bad party at your place. <laughs> when my friend was 16 and we absolutely trashed the fucking house and it was terrible and like I, I I was actually like trying to clean up but you know I wasn't fully culpable in this but I'm just like this is a really awkward conversation to be having now that you're in <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. it's like yes yes ma'am I'm sorry yeah I'm, I'm really sorry about what happened that time back in like 2001 <laughs> oh that's wild mm. It's good to be a grown-up and be, like, past a lot of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I don't definitely. think it ever really goes away. I will say that my mom, who is, like, in her mid-70s, has a couple of unbelievably old friends who she calls Mrs. Blah 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 because <laughs> they're just that old. <laughs> like, That's, she can't yeah. call them by their first names. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> anyone I called, like, any aunt or uncle was great aunts and great uncles. My aunts and uncles were also just, like... Jim or Pamela. I don't have a Jim or a Pamela. I just made those up because I don't want to breach GDPR. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's definitely what GDPR covers. Yeah. Don't Don't dox your aunts and uncles. Yeah, exactly. So Stacey finally gets to have her urgent escape talk with Claudia and we see nothing about it. It's just like completely off screen. Claudia was at home and we had a nice talk. It really sounded like it was building up to some heartfelt confidences. And that just does not happen. Mm-hmm. Then we hear about what the Babysitter's Club is. Um, then I think we get, probably unintentionally, but I don't know at this point, might be an unbelievably like long game piece of foreshadowing where Stacy is telling us about like, the order everyone joined the club in. And she says that when she returned from New York, she was allowed back in. I became the seventh member and I think I'll be the last unless someone else has to leave, Mm -hmm. which will happen in like book 88 or something like that. And like, is this the beginning of foreshadowing? I wouldn't have thought so, except for how long this pancreas got foreshadowed. Like, I'll believe anything at this point. Maybe it was more like, this is now the stage where there is a babysitter's club team at the publishers that are like probably planning out like, like we, like they do it like TV shows. They're yeah. like, what are we going to need to do? Well, we need to have this in reserve to do if yeah. we need to boost the ratings or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I reckon probably it had like come up in those meetings. Maybe that's it. They just wanted to like establish this as a thing that could happen. I mean, this is book 43. And if it happens in book 88, then we've got double the amount of books we've covered even yeah like including the well almost including all the extras that yeah. we've done so far we're gonna have to <sighs> keep an eye out for this and see if it's mentioned again or if it was just sure. one off <laughs> someone's being a real bitch i hope they consider leaving the club <laughs> like every every five books or so <laughs> yes usually marianne <laughs> It's not going to be Marianne, though. So she tells us about everyone. She mentions that Logan Bruno is the guy that Marianne used to go steady with. He no longer just so happens to be Marianne's steady boyfriend. Things have changed. Uh, I quite like that Logan is only defined in relation to his, um, you know, his relationship to Marianne. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's Logan's that, anchor to the group. <laughs> that is his only purpose in these books anyway. Yeah. Like, Yes. <laughs> I mean, also for how much he sucked lately, like, 
That's yes. all he deserves. He's not covering himself in glory. Also, but like he is a real token. He's the token boy babysitter, yeah. and also he really only has a link because he was dating Marianne. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> he, totally. he can just quietly fade away off stage when he's not dating her. It's fine. Yeah. Jesse and Mal have moved on to a new craft project. Uh, they have ditched the gum wrappers and the paper clips in favor of making cootie catchers. And Stacy is watching everyone eat junk food and she is sadly eating crackers, but they're not hitting the spot. Mm-hmm. And her stomach is rumbling. She's very unhappy. Everyone else is eating ringdings. And when no <sighs> one is looking, Stacy steals one. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Mm. Mm. Very relatable. Yeah. Well, not really. None of us is diabetic. <laughs> it, no, sorry. The... the- craving kind of thing is 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 relatable no i I will absolutely yes i'm sorry i know nothing about what it's like to be diabetic it sounds terrible (laughs) but Um, yeah yeah there are two mentions so far in the book of students who um have either skipped a grade or should just you know screw this education at a steady pace (laughs) um so charlotte's parents have given in to um, pressure from Charlotte's teachers and have let her skip a grade, which just maybe that's good for some people, but they've already established that Charlotte is very shy and like it has difficulty with like social things and just this seems like a bad idea. I think in a wildly unrealistic twist though, she actually does get on better socially once she was moved up. Yes. Because okay. she, like, she was so mature or TM. Like, yes. I don't think that's actually what would happen, but Oh no, seems fake, but okay. In the fiction, she makes better friends once she moved up. Okay, yeah, narratively. Well, I guess maybe that's why um, Stacy talking about Janine um, is talking about how she's so smart, and I don't know why she doesn't just go off to college right now and forget the rest of high school. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a Doogie Hauser kind of situation here. <laughs> also says if she did, she would certainly make life easier for Claudia, which is like actually Janine has been a really solid ally for Claudia. The worst she ever is, is annoying. She, she helps coach Claudia through her maths problems. Yeah. She's great. She's just a bit pedantic about grammar yeah. stuff. So she's, a bit of a, she's a bit of a prescriptivist sometimes. Yeah. But but she, she like but proved so- to the school that Claudia hadn't cheated by yeah. <laughs> using her immense clout. Oh, you know what it is? Um, <laughs> Stacey is also coaching Claudia at math. Maybe she doesn't she appreciate the... Uh, Yes. I, I, I was thinking of it more as like you know, cl- um, it would it would kind of separate them a bit in terms of like the parents judging them academically against each other. But I think like, that's what she means by it. Yeah, but it would really just give like Janine another feather to her cap. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Then she'd start getting amazing grades in college. And, yeah. Like, Stacy has not thought any of this through. Claudia would be sitting there going, "Oh my god, I can barely handle remedial eighth grade math." Yeah. I'm the stupidest person on earth. Yeah. yeah. Stacy did not think any of this through. But in fairness, no, that's fine. she's not running at her peak capacity right now. No. So she is, in yes, fact, lying on her bed, listening to the phone ring, um, wait, trying to find the energy to do her homework. But uh, she realizes that her mom is out uh, visiting Mrs. Pike. So she has to answer the phone. And it is her dad who is calling to make plans for her upcoming visit to him. Um, he has planned a ton of stuff. They're going to a Broadway musical. It's not specified which one it is, but I think we can safely assume that it's Starlight <laughs> Express. Of course. Um, they're going to a bunch of museums and they're going to a bunch of like fancy restaurants and stuff like that. And Stacy is like not feeling very enthusiastic about all of this because she's exhausted. And her dad is not interested in that. Yeah. Uh, he has plans, damn it. And they're doing the plans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Then he finds out that her mom is over at the Pike's house and decides that this is code for like, she is out having rampant sex with Trip or whatever I other mean, sexy unattached men there are. Yeah, probably with Mr. and Mrs. Pike. I mean, Ooh. come on. Like. <laughs> oh my God, that's why he's suspicious. He knows what goes on. Because I was about to say that. Is, I was about to say like, it's just fucking pathetic. Like she's visiting the neighbours who she's friendly with is really not far-fetched, my dude. That is yeah. not code for something. That is the thing that people do. Yeah. yeah. And it's like 7pm or something. She's not going out on a hot sex date at 7pm. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Rick went across the road to see our neighbours yesterday. I better start quizzing him. <laughs> yeah, well, if he says that he was helping the neighbour pick out a good hat to go with an outfit, you know that, like, your marriage is over. I don't think hats are a sport. He is going to go around tomorrow and help them fix uh, help them fix the little, the younger girl's basketball hoop. Trusting, trusting Aoife. Obviously, mm. this is a terrible lie. Yeah. Call a marriage counsellor. Yeah. So, yeah, Stacey fantasises about what would happen if she, like, told her parents that actually each other was dating again. Mom's out with someone, a man. He's taking her to dinner. He's really handsome. He has a very important job and he's never been married. He's saving himself for the perfect woman and that perfect woman is mom. <laughs> I love that so much. Mom is dating a wealthy virgin. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, not like that Mr. Pike slot. <laughs> yeah. He's done it at least eight times. Oh, no, wait, three of them were triplets. At, at least six times. <laughs> yeah. What would happen if I said to my mother some Sunday night, Mom, you should see who Dad's dating. She's a sophisticated, beautiful, younger woman. She's terribly wealthy. She has a penthouse apartment in the city and a horse farm in the country, and she can cook and handle a jigsaw. <laughs> it took me a couple of minutes to parse whether... Stacy meant like a jigsaw puzzle or the tool. I like the, eventually the, decided the she probably tool. meant the tool, but <laughs> what a bizarre set of qualities. Yes. <laughs> all all my childhood I thought this was a, a, a jigsaw puzzle. Um and I guess I think I was like Well it could be just like she's smart. She can do a thousand piece in an hour. <laughs> like, I find that intimidating. <laughs> he must be super into jigsaw puzzles. Maybe that's his thing. Um, yeah. like and like oh we used to do jigsaw puzzles together um, no I love I love their inner monologues where they're picturing like yeah. romantic scenarios they're some of my favorite things in these books because they're so deranged like <laughs> I yeah know. there's actually like Stacy is really sassy in this book like it's quite an emotional book in some ways but like she's got a really good line of banter going on oh, in her own fun. head that's very <laughs> enjoyable when she's not in LUV she's quite an enjoyable read she's like She's kind of reverting back to that early thing of like that Stacy who's just fucking done with her parents' bullshit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and you love to see it because like they regularly need a stern telling off. They are extremely bullshit prone. Yes, they they fully are. The, I, the jigsaw thing, though. Sorry, I'm going back no, to that. I, I, I kind of am also like on a horse farm. <laughs> I mean, I, I sort of get a horse farm. I think a horse farm is something that people like people from the city fantasize about in her like in the rural idol that like guess, they sort yeah. of theoretically would like to live in but have do not have the skills for it would be an up like an alpaca farm or something these days i guess yeah probably it's rustic but it's also really expensive it's like yeah i'm i'm, I'm you know down to earth but in a really posh way it's true yeah i'm not like growing subsistence vegetables 
Well, if she has a penthouse apartment in the city, then yes, Mm. she's going to have expensive country digs. But her dad has actually given her mom a hard time for being too much of a diva sometimes. Like he complains that she like doesn't work enough and she shops too much and stuff like that. So I think this is kind of, you know, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty and she can look after herself and blah, blah, blah. She's an independent woman, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) If she wants her own stylish wooden jewellery, she'll cut it out for herself using a very specialised carving tool. And then put it on her horse. (laughs) How did she make her millions? Oh, Handmade wooden horse jewellery, of course. <laughs> Obviously. You haven't heard of her? Everyone at Westchester is buying them for their horses. <laughs> I love this woman. <laughs> She's almost as good as Logan's wife from the previous <laughs> book. Olivia. That's Olivia. Just just... <laughs> Who's also his cousin for some yeah, reason. Yes, his hot cousin Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So Stacy decides to do yet again some more classic 90s phone business. She picks up on the mm-hmm. extension and listens in on her parents bickering over the phone. Um because her dad really thinks that her mom was out for a hot late afternoon <laughs> sex date. <laughs> her mom like successfully convinces him that she really was over to talk hats with Mrs. Pike and her dad is kind of deflated. <laughs> He has nowhere to go from here with his like, uh, yeah. ah. He's built up a head of steam. I mean, I know Stacy's mom is also being a nightmare, but my God, Stacy's dad has needed a slap in multiple books now. He is mm. a fucking piss baby. I've said it before and I will say it again. He is a fucking piss baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah, he is. Like, they both suck, but he sucks worse. Yeah. Yeah. So Stacey is, um, she hangs up, she's stressed out, she's hungry and thirsty, uh, but she doesn't want to go down to the kitchen because she's afraid her mom knows that she was spying on them over the phone and she doesn't want to get in trouble for it, which is fair enough. Um, then she, she is already off screen eating the ring ding that she took from Claudia's house, but she also then opens a pencil case and takes out a big chocolate bar and eats the whole thing. So she eats the chocolate. She feels bad. She reflects that she just can't win, which gives us our cover tagline. Mm-hmm. Um, then next chapter, she's babysitting Charlotte again. And Charlotte is feeling restless and she wants to do something creative. And what she wants to do is make fudge. And Stacy desperately does not want to make fudge because she mm-hmm. really, really wants to eat the fudge. And she's like, this is going to be torture. But it's the only thing that will satisfy Charlotte. So they get Becca over and... I, I feel bad for Stacey here. I feel like it would be justifiable to say no to that simply, even without the whole diabetic complication. Yeah. Like, just because, like, I don't want you insane children around all this boiling sugar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't like, want to supervise fudge making. Yeah, like, that's a whole afternoon, like, project. I I recall oh, at days of yore when Esther and her now husband, <laughs> as they often did at the time uh, when uh, like her husband and my husband were living together, um, uh, made fudge. It was Bailey's fudge. And that pot did not get fully cleaned until like a whole roommate later. <laughs> <laughs> you 
absolutely fucking destroyed a saucepan. Um, and it was only when like Brian moved in with Yanto, who is a very clean man, it turns out he was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something about this posh. <laughs> I'm sorry, burnt sugar is a nightmare. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think actually we had all had a go of it. I, it's just that Yanto managed to actually... Yeah, we were all chiseling at it. It wasn't that we just yeah. left it lying around. Like every so often you'd be walking by and you'd have a hack at it with a knife and that stuff just wasn't moving. Or like, I got some new steel wool. Let's try it out on the pot. Yeah, no, <laughs> not doing the job. But have we tried explosives yet? <laughs> I don't know why we didn't just replace the pot. In retrospect, I, I think that would have made more sense. Yeah, actually, we, it's a functional pot that we use now. Wow. <laughs> it was quite possibly also like that stage of your life where you, you haven't realised you can do that yet. Yes. Yes. Yes, it was very much. This is just the pot that we will die with. Yeah. It was the first real apartment. Yeah. Um, and actually, it was it was so much fun. There was so much fun had in that apartment. It was. <laughs> just in general. Just not a lot of it was like kitchen-based. Somebody also had some kind of cooking disaster that involved hot oil getting splashed up the wall. Which we cleaned off the wall, but there was just an irredeemable stain. That never comes out, no. Uh, Well, yeah, again, so like, Yanto, when he moved in, was like, "Mm, I could do something about that. So he just, he got the right colour of paint and painted the wall. And we were like, man, where did you get so domesticated? God, what an (laughs) adult. Yes. It's like, wow, you could do that? (laughs) Shout out to my husband's former roommate for like... (laughs) fixing our horrible he's kind of like a like a kitchen fairy godmother who shows up and like (laughs) solves the things that you've ruined mad adulting skills yeah and then moves to finland well you know so yeah not having a yanto in her life i can see why stacy has like ample justification for not wanting to make fudge with these kids but she doesn't want to say no so she lets them do it (laughs) um and the girls go a bit nuts and decide to pretend that they're Martian fudge makers and they mm-hmm. wear dealy boppers and pretend to be like flying around in a spaceship. So much anxiety from this scene of just like no fucking around in the kitchen under any circumstances. And especially not when you're making fudge. No, <laughs> like, this is so hazardous. Luckily, the worst thing that happens is like chocolate ends up getting spilled everywhere all over the floor. Yep. So this could have gone a lot worse, but, you know, it's too early in the book for us all to have to go to the hospital yet. So (laughs) they make a big mess and the girls dutifully clean it up and then they make more fudge. And then the girls run off to watch some hilariously (laughs) non-specific TV. (laughs) That special is on, the one about the boy and his horse. (laughs) Oh, that one. Yeah, that one. At the time... I was literally like, that's a Narnia one, but it should be the horse and his boy. Oh, she yeah. got it wrong. Yes. <laughs> now I'm like, oh no, it's just unbelievably generic. She's like, uh. Yeah. Low effort TV. <laughs> yep. I, I already made up like a bunch of stupid names for like bands and stuff, and I'm just not doing that anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've got a pancreas to destroy. I don't have time for this. If it's not a Newbury Award winner, it doesn't get a real name. <laughs> exactly. Newbury Award winners and Starlight Express only. Yeah, those are the only media. (laughs) And 60s sitcoms. And Sesame Street. So the girls run off to watch unspecified horse-related TV. And (laughs) while their backs are turned, Stacey embezzles some of the fudge because she is her father's (laughs) daughter. (laughs) Yeah, it's... She's owed it. She cleaned that kitchen twice, in fairness. I mean, that's true. Although, I guess that's how it it starts, right? Like... (laughs) They don't pay me enough as the accountant. <laughs> I, I don't think she's like stealing the fudge sneakily because she 
thinks she's not like it's no stealing. no it's because she's it's because she's diabetic well like yeah yeah it's just the way that she like she sneaks it into her handbag stashes it in her yeah. purse i know like if it was any of the other babysitters they'd be shoving it in their gobs absolutely yes <laughs> and rightly so they'd be like damn right i'm taking one fifth of this home with me uh and you're because i've cleaned your fucking kitchen twice today yep. yes. whoops i said fucking in front of the eight-year-old gotta go bye <laughs> thanks for the 15 dollars <laughs> I'm sophisticated. <laughs> she just shouts that from the end of the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I assume she does that after every assignment. <laughs> Lest they forget. So she gets home and she is uh, trying to do her homework, but she's too stressed out and hungry. So she eats the fudge and reflects that she can't stop eating candy at the moment. Um, then she overhears her parents having yet another stupid argument where her mom uh tells her dad that he's like spoiling Stacy and buying her too much stuff and going over the top. Um and then reflects that he's gonna do this anyway no matter what she says and it will be a bad idea. Which is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um and Stacy reflects that this is all a pain in the ass and she's had enough of her parents' bullshit. And then she um lies down and has a horrible headache. I mean, you know, it's not action packed but it's quite it's still good like it's 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 well paced there's a really like kind of regular build up um you can kind of see where everything is going it's quite yeah. believable i think this yeah. is a very well written one yes yeah, so like you can really see why she's like falling down on her self care stuff because like yeah her adults are being useless and like yeah she's under a lot of stress it's very very understandable and it's not portrayed as just like oh, she's immature and selfish and doesn't have self-control and stuff. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, the people who are meant to be looking after her are not doing a good job. And yeah, she's kind of spiraling. Yeah, basically. I think when I read it first as well, I also was kind of like, oh God, yeah, I guess the sugar thing is really big deal. Like, and then now rereading it, um, just, I guess, knowing it's a little bit more about medicine and stuff than I used to, I was like, ah, this really feels like a symptom rather than a cause yeah. of what's wrong with her. Like, um, yeah, she's having cravings. Like, yeah, yeah she's, she's getting hungry all the time. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's that unmanageable hunger that's making her like, that's like sapping her willpower as yeah. well as all the obvious like yeah. stress in her life. <laughs> I think the overall thing is like she's got so much going on she doesn't have the mental capacity to deal with her symptoms getting worse and then the worse her symptoms get the less mental capacity mm-hmm. she has to deal with anything that's going on like yeah oh my god someone look after her she's only a child I know yeah. she's a baby it's horrible like who is feeding her dinner her, like we see her parents being all like make sure you take apple slices everywhere and now it's like why has she not Where's the dinner? Feed her a proper meal. That's what she actually kind of needs here. <laughs> I mean, she said, like, in this, like, I ate, I, mom and I had finished dinner not that long before, but I'm starving Oh, and she's again. still starving. Yeah. 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 There are days where it seems like she's, she's just running around like crazy. And, like, I was not a diabetic teenager. And I still remember being unbelievably so famished hungry. coming home from school. So hungry. Days. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will eat the neighbor's dog. <laughs> You know, somebody doesn't give me a sandwich. Man, there was a day when I had school and then evening study and then German class. Mm. And I left home at like 8.30 in the morning. I got back at 8 p.m. Oh, my God. I hadn't eaten since like ten past one when we had lunch. Oh, my God. I was. That's like a lunchbox. I don't know how I ever like 
date anything in German class, frankly. That's horrifying. Yeah. It didn't occur to me to be like, mom, I need money to go buy chips before German class. That is wild. I happen to have economics scheduled before lunch several days a week in like one of the years of the senior cycle. And some, uh, I'll I'll hear like, um, I don't know, a concept like price discrimination. And I'll be like, oh man, I could go for a toast sandwich right now. <laughs> Like, there's just such a strong connection of sitting there going like, I should be thinking about economics, but I'm thinking about food (laughs) so much. Oh, also, it was right next to the canteen, which probably didn't help. Pavlovian economics. Yeah. Smell of (laughs) bad oven chips. Bad oven chips smell good when you're that hungry and you're a teenager. (laughs) Yes. So, yes, Stacey's grades are also falling because of, you know, everything. So she's lying awake and fretting about whether the school is going to call her mom or already has. And what if actually she's secretly really sick and she's the only one who doesn't know. And nobody has attempted to treat her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I don't blame her for being paranoid at this point. Yeah, no, that's fair. So she's getting ready to go to New York and she's telling, uh, she's telling the club about her plans for the weekend. So they're going to eat at... The sign of the dove and the Russian mm-hmm. tea room, which I I did some googling. <laughs> um, the sign of the dove sounds like it's it closed a few years back. It was extremely posh. Um, Jackie Kennedy and Assis had a birthday party for a friend there at one point. Um, it seems mm-hmm. tremendously fancy. That I found widely differing views on whether it was known for very good service or very bad service. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently like the food was amazing um and the russian tea room is an extremely swanky mm. uh like russian restaurant where I, I they have menus and everything so i had a nice wee browse of the menu and like the starters cost as much as the mains in a normal restaurant and the afternoon mm. tea is 90 dollars per person so yeah mm. stacy's dad is raking it in at the old embezzlement factory nice <laughs> yeah that's uh, a third above um, a swanky Dublin afternoon tea, which I know because I'm um, taking some family members out for Ooh, <laughs> their <very> birthdays nice. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> uh, shout out to the Western Hotel. They do very nice afternoon tea and it's also allergy friendly. It's very Ooh, nice. It's good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is definitely one of um, the Anne's opportunities to flex all of her New York knowledge. She knows all the cool places in New York. And Marianne, as the Anne proxy, is wildly jealous of Stacy going to all these fancy places because apparently Marianne says they're two of the finest dining establishments in New York City. <laughs> if she sounded like a guidebook <laughs> on New York, it's probably because she's read about a million of them. Marianne's dream is to live in New York someday. Dining establishments, Mallory repeated. You mean places to eat? Awesome, fresh, distant places to eat, replied Marianne. (laughs) Mallory is like, I guess, a writer in the realist school. Um, She doesn't approve of using too many fancy schmancy synonyms. Yes. Um, Or talking in guidebook speak, which is what Marianne is doing. Yes, Marianne is being very annoying. Then Marianne says that if Stacey sees any really good celebrities, she should bring back a personal souvenir like a table scrap. Anne is genuinely excited at the idea of getting like some famous person's crust. <laughs> Christy is like, if for whatever wild reason I ever wind up as a celebrity, don't let Marianne near me. <laughs> I mean, yes, Christy is saying what we're all thinking right now. 
just such a good line. Yeah, you. I know. Shades of a a friend of ours who cried. We've talked about this before. Um, when she, and she, I felt bad about it, and I had to cut it out. But yes, oh no. <laughs> we went to. It was the year that the MTV Movie Awards or the MTV Music Awards came to Dublin. Ninety nine, the height of the Celtic Tiger. Oh my god, I remember. We went to Temple Bar to get autographs, and we got Richard Blackwood's autograph. And our friend's pen almost touched Richard Blackwood's jacket, and she was so overwhelmed that she cried genuine tears at this. <laughs> <laughs> we all thought that this was like over the top at the. T- at the time, this was... Um, a bit Mary Oliver. <laughs> it was very Mary Anne, yes. <laughs> it's like, it, you will you will find Richard Blackwood if you Google him, but it's... I don't know who that is. But it's probably going to be tricky. <laughs> he wasn't even a musician. He was one of the guys that presented the top 20 show on MTV. Ah. Yes. From, like, MTV UK. He was, he was a mid-tier celebrity at his absolute peak. <laughs> Um, Richard Blackwood did actually release a single. Um, it, it wasn't a huge success, but um, I would say if you played it, probably like, oh my God, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I'm just, I'm just going to Google, Wait, you know, carry on. Yeah. But I'm going to Google Richard Blackwood. I think he also presented, he co-presented the dating show that was on MTV. I did not watch a lot of MTV. Yeah, they had a dating show and I think he was one of the hosts on that as well. Mm. So like, yeah, he was on two... MTV shows, so real like top tier mm-hmm. A-list stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> not bad work if you can get it in 1999 before you know Twitter was a thing. And yes, the worst you had to deal with was like 14 year olds crying because their pen almost touched your jacket. It's <laughs> yes. fair. It was a bubble jacket, black bubble jacket. It was bright yellow. Oh, was it? Oh, yes, really yellow. God, I don't remember accurately whether I was there or not, or whether it was just told to me. You weren't. It was just the two of us that went. I just, I feel, yeah. I think the, you were a bit too cool for it, to be honest. I think we were like, we're going to go wander around town and try and see celebrities. And you kind of rolled your eyes. <laughs> we're like, okay, good luck. I went into town at some point. I had to go home because I remember two of our other friends stayed in until 9pm and we were like, whoa. <gasps> They've gone <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I, I I zoned out because I was not there for that, and I don't. I only vaguely know who Richard Blackwood is. And <laughs> this I is it's such not. a m- minor anecdote. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, where were we with Stacy? Uh, yes, yeah, so Marianne is is desperately clamoring for celebrity DNA, and Stacy <laughs> is heading off on the train, and she has been oh planning God. to do catch up on her French homework on the train, but she falls asleep due to her like worsening health crisis yeah and then there's this like really stressful sequence where she's like possessed with a raging thirst but there's no dining car on the train and she hasn't got like a cup or anything so she has to like keep going into the bathroom try and get her hands as clean as possible with a dirty bar of soap that's in there and then drink like bathroom tap water out of her hands and then keep doing this again and again and again the whole way to New York. And uh, she says the water tastes amazing as well. Because she's so thirsty. Yeah. yeah. It's it's intense. Um, yeah. It's very upsetting and like, squalid yeah. and miserable. Yeah. And yeah. like there's all kinds of germs on that soap and I feel awful for her. Yes. Uh, and she's immunocompromised at the best of times. Like she can't be doing with this. Yeah. So she gets to New York and her dad... Um, really wants to like drag her out to the fancy restaurant, but he actually has the decency to notice that like she's exhausted and starving and needs to go home. So they go back to his apartment, but obviously he's still not going to cook. So they just get takeout. (laughs) 
I mean, he has standards. He's a manly man. Yeah. So they get two kinds of salad and some sandwiches and they eat and then she goes to bed early. And then she keeps getting up in the night to drink more because she's desperately thirsty. And her dad thinks she has like diarrhea from the deli food. I read that as like, he hopes that that's what's wrong with her. Uh, um, yeah. Because like, I, I think he's at the stage where he's really beginning to worry. Um, but she's also like, no, 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 it's grand. Yeah. Uh, and he's trying to respect that. But yeah, that can only go on for so long. I'm just blown away that there's an acknowledgement of the fact that poop exists in these books. This is a first. It's <laughs> fair. It's fair. Like, this is this is some unusually edgy dialogue. So, you know, you can tell this is a serious issue book. <laughs> it's it's only Stacey's dad who um, we've established is kind of a troll. Like, <laughs> <laughs> True. Sorry. A troll has different meaning. He's kind of a goblin. Like, um, he has an apartment that's messy enough that um, Christy feels really at home there. Um, <laughs> so. And has no food in his fridge at all. Yes. It's empty. Yeah, he's a swinging New York bachelor. Um, and so sometimes he might n- need to talk about poop. Yes, <laughs> as only the manliest of men do. But by the morning, she can't keep up the facade any longer. And mm-hmm. her dad um, takes her in a taxi and they go to the hospital. And yep. it's the one and only bit of really good parenting in this entire book. Yeah. Wings the doctor, can't get the doctor immediately, goes, get the car, we're going to the hospital. Correct. Yes. That, yeah. Really, someone should have done that last week. Mm-hmm. Off screen, Stacy is like admitted and checked out and whatnot. We just cut to her like being established in her hospital bed. I know there would be like a week here. <laughs> yeah, of sitting around A and E. Three or four days if you're not like bleeding out. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a while before you get admitted. Wow, the 90s. This is a fancy private hospital, Andy, though. Yeah, he's got good insurance. Oh, uh, yes. Um, but like, I also just feel a little bit cheated because I was hoping for like exciting medical drama of like nurses jabbing her and people saying stat and things like that. <laughs> to be fair, if you're a kid going in with diabetes, what they'll do is they'll immediately test your blood sugar levels. Given how fucked Stacy is in this, they were probably bad enough to admit her fairly quickly. I just wanted to see it happen. I wanted the drama. I know. I would have preferred that as well. It would have been better. I definitely, as a kid, I would have wanted the drama. I would have wanted the excitement. But instead, we get a soliloquy about how bad the hospital food is, even in swanky private hospitals. (laughs) You know what? That's not true. The only thing that's better in private hospitals is the food. (laughs) Well, maybe it wasn't in 1991. And sometimes they have carpet. And also, Stacey very presciently feels bad about the single-use plastics they use in the hospital. Um, and realizes she's gone off topic. I didn't want to think about that too much because that's so long ago. And yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, the thing about it is, like, whatever about the yeah, and like a lot of the single-use plastic things in hospital are in fact medical stuff that needs to be single-use to avoid infection. I think we can forgive Stacy for generating plastic waste. Yeah. Um. Uh, anyway, we then cut to Claudia's POV where she's back in Stony Brook, uh, babysitting Charlotte Johansson. Uh, they're playing a memory game and then they get a phone call from Stacy's mom who sounds like she's been crying or something. And for some reason, Stacy's mom 
got the news that Stacy was in hospital in New York and decided what she needed to do was call Claudia on a babysitting job and to give her the update, which is so weird. Mm -hmm. I know. It's like she would call Claudia's home and then tell her parents or Janine, listen, can you let Claudia know when she gets in? She's welcome to ring me that Stacy is is in hospital in New York or diabetes. That's what a normal person would do. But like Claudia, Claudia cannot wait. Claudia needs to find out right now. I need to track her down. Where I, I needed to call the Kishis, get the Johansons' phone number from the Kishis, call the Johansons' house, and be like, "Hey, Claudia, there's a crisis, and there's nothing you can do about it. I just thought you should know." I know, right? Oh, do you have a very sensitive child with you who will be really upset by this? You'd better tell her. Yeah, let's get her on the phone as well. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. It's like the the Simpsons where it's like, oh my God, look at this. Everybody crowd around. <laughs> it's like Chief Wiggum. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want everyone fretting about this as much as possible. So yeah, her mom is like freaking out, which is understandable. But yes, she, she can't travel up to New York until the following day. So she decides to kill the time by worrying all the local children. So <laughs> when Claudia hears that Stacy is in the hospital, she immediately jumps to like, all the crimes of New York and thinks that Stacy has been stabbed. Um, and <laughs> Stacy's like, I don't think this is quite fair because people can get mugged or murdered anywhere, but I guess New York City has a bad reputation. <laughs> I love that aside, actually. Yeah. I know. And it's great. Yeah, it's it's true. You know, we like to think about certain places like, well, I just won't go there and then I won't get mugged or stabbed because that exactly. helps us yeah. kind of pretend that the randomness of <laughs> like the random horror that is the universe that we live in isn't yeah. quite as bad as all that. But You could totally get murdered in Stony Brook on a bad day. <laughs> yeah. By an angry pig going hog wild or <laughs> exactly. a, a truck driver, perhaps. He's driven self crazy, yeah. So oh. she updates Claudia, um, asks Claudia to get Stacey's homework assignments from the teachers. Why do people keep doing this in these books? Like, I never once did homework when I was sick. She's just been admitted to hospital. And possibly if I had some sort of long-term chronic illness. But like, yeah, if I was home a fair bit, but not if I was in hospital. Yeah. And like, it's not an exam year. Or like, if you found out that like, okay, I'm actually going to be in hospital for like a month, you know, I guess I better, you know, as as I'm feeling a bit better, I'll be able to start doing some homework. Like, this is an acute crisis. (laughs) Yeah. This is not the time. Hopefully once she's better, she will be home. Like Yes. Even her piss baby father noticed she was sick. She is not well enough to do homework. No. <laughs> and she she keeps trying. She keeps trying to do homework in hospital as well. Like I know. maybe she could catch up on this when she's well and back in, you know. Yeah. So Claudia immediately breaks news to Charlotte that uh, Stacy is in hospital and Charlotte is worried that Stacy has been murdered by someone called the stalker who's been like stalking <laughs> girls in New York City. Um, Charlotte needs to get out of true crime fandom. Like this is not age appropriate media yeah. she's consuming. I'm really glad podcasts aren't invented. I think she's also too sensitive for it. Like I used to read a lot of true crime magazines. My dad got like a stash of like magazines that were being thrown out of a shop. Oh no. Uh, mm-hmm. ones, like old editions. And he gave me all the kiddie science ones. And then I read all the true crime ones he had taken for himself. They were extremely grisly and satisfying and I loved them. <laughs> but like I was not 
sensitive in that direction as a child. I wasn't like... Yeah, Charlotte's not built like that. (laughs) Yeah. My aunt had like a giant stash of women's magazines from when her husband had been in hospital and she was just buying them to read, like to have something uh, minus. And I think I read about like 50 of them in one go and it was so educational. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Aren't they though? Like there's plenty of true crime in there, but also just weird life stuff like yes. that you you wouldn't believe yeah it was great <laughs> true crime i married my accidentally nearly married my brother uh like yeah. that kind of thing i didn't even know that was possible yeah now you need to worry about this <laughs> i didn't know i was pregnant but then i had a baby you know yeah. there was a whole thing on women with um pica you know or pica oh, yeah, where pica? you you have that thing where you um uh, and I discovered it is possible if you have an addiction to carrots. Like, not just, I really like carrots. Like, you're really eating them all day long. You do turn orange. Yep. Yep. Like, it's that's a, that's a real thing that happens to people. Yeah, women's <laughs> magazines are fond of, like, amazing information like that. <laughs> Some of which is true. <laughs> Some of it's even true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Charlotte should not be reading this stuff. She is not ready for that's life or love it or take a break or like any of these. Chat, it's fate. Yes. (laughs) Oh God, RIP chat, it's fate. It was the best of the women's magazines. (laughs) It was the psychic one. It was a women's true crime magazine. Only all the stories were about psychic stuff instead of crime, but it was presented exactly the same way. Otherwise it was amazing. (laughs) It was fucking crazy. It was, it was wild and I loved it with a passion, but yeah, Charlotte is like freaking out now and is worried that Stacy's going to die or have to live in New York forever. Either of which would be bad. Well, if you live in New York forever, it's only a matter of time before you get murdered. So It's true. I mean, statistically, that's how that works. The maths doesn't lie. That's how you die in New York. Somebody actually does the maths in um, a later book where, do you know how Dawn is terrified of New York? Yeah. Um, uh, but there's a cute boy that wants to go out with her um, and he's like arguing with her through the door um, and she's like but two people got murdered in New York like last week and he was like yeah but there's eight million people in New York so that means your chance of getting murdered are and then he, he takes a while and he's like <laughs> one in four million <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't find this very convincing but she goes out with him anyway but like <laughs> it's good to know the um yeah the specifics of the, the likelihood yeah you can't argue with the data yeah. Even at the worst. What was like, it that the thing I read recently or heard recently that was an example of like what you say when someone is, is like fucking around with relative risks of really low stuff, like it doubles your risk of the thing that barely ever happens. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, cool. So if you buy two lottery tickets, you double your chances of winning the lottery. No, that's not useful because lots of people think that they have a chance of winning the lottery and they're like, oh, you know what? I will buy two tickets next time. I mean, th- they do. It's very small. Yeah, it's it goes from very small to very small. To still very small. Yeah, yeah. but like many people do the lottery. I do the, the lottery. lottery is not a useful, do you? <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasant social thing I do at my team at work. We have a syndicate. Oh, yeah. Every week we sort of fantasize about spending our all quitting our jobs and spending the money and we don't win. <laughs> Then you have 36 times a very small chance. No, but like, I I know, and people do obviously win the lottery and they do obviously also get struck by lightning. Well, I think people understand the winning the lottery thing as a, yeah, that doesn't really happen to anyone I know. In a way that they don't when they get a fright because it's going to double your chances of getting like, I don't know, cancer in your big toe or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> reaches around frantically for a comedy cancer. Settles I know, on Big right? Toe. <laughs> I was like, this is a terrible. Uh. So I went with Struck by Lightning. Also, it occurs to me that I know a family that won the lottery, so... But it was probably only the Irish lotto. Oh, yeah, no, they won, um, like, 360 grand, uh, which was, like, a perfect amount of money because yeah. they got to, like, really upgrade their house and then nice. their lives didn't change otherwise. Um, I mean, we're doing the Euro Millions, so... <laughs> like, we, we all want to never work again. Well, remember me if you do win, that's all. Yeah. If you, if you win the Euro Millions, you've always loved us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You can pay the libs in. <laughs> you think you'll find out if I've, if I've won the Euro Millions? It's cute. We might notice that your podcasting rig got better. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it wouldn't be a priority of mine. <laughs> you might get an even comfier chair to podcast from. Oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> oh, fine. Okay. All right. You have everything you could possibly want. I mean, like the move to the new house would happen faster and more easily because I'd bribe someone at the county council. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that was what you meant. <laughs> I love how, like, the first thing you're going to spend your, your lottery winnings on is just bribes. Yeah. Just planning fraud. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Yeah. That's fair. The following day, um, Stacy's mom turns up at the hospital and her... Stacy is reflecting on how much it sucks to be in the hospital, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, she says that they feel impersonal regardless of how many clowns come to visit you there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just makes I mean, it worse. Yeah, I guess, I guess I couldn't say that a clown attack is impersonal, but I wouldn't expect it to be particularly <laughs> consoling, especially if there's like multiple clowns. Like, I can well believe you, Stacey, that the clowns aren't helping. I do think this is before the era of like mass fear of clowns, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even so, she's a bit old for clowns. Like, she, she is. Yeah, I can. She doesn't have to be defensive about how the clowns aren't doing it for her. I. Uh, yeah, though I think she's fully in that transitional phase where, like, you feel like you might have to be polite about the stuff that is being provided for younger kids, and you're still yeah. they're like, "Oh, send the clown into Stacy; she'll enjoy it." And she's like, "Yeah, oh, thanks." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm I'm still real sick, and I'm not into clowns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please, please ask Tim Curry to leave. <laughs> Does the clown have a fresh pancreas for me? Because if not, please ask them to go. <laughs> So yeah, Stacy is not enjoying it. Um, she is being treated as an interchangeable patient, and the nurses and doctors are constantly like waking her up to check her vital signs, and it's all noisy, and she hates it. Yeah. So she's glad to have her dad there to like advocate for her and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as her mom turns up, um, her dad mumbles that he needs a coffee and runs away, and um, Stacy asks about how things are going while her mom is staying over at dad's apartment and her mom explains that like she's not doing that because they're divorced and it would be weird and Stacy I can I can sort of see both sides Stacy doesn't really understand it but like staying in your ex's apartment might be a bit much when you're that freshly divorced I can see how if she has a friend she can stay with she might prefer to just do that yeah I I can also see that they totally would if there wasn't a a choice yeah yeah but there is a choice, so she isn't staying with him. I mean, she was living in New York not that long ago, so hopefully she knows somebody, and she does. Yeah. 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 It's fine. Uh, I mean, I assume all she's been doing all these years is having brunch with her three sassy friends, so like, she's got three sassy friends yes. she can stay with. It's true. Absolutely. So her dad returns after an hour and a half long coffee break, and her mom instantly jumps up and leaves for her coffee. 
Stacy sort of is left alone to her own devices for a little while and zones out and has another inner monologue about what it's like being in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just for, for our benefit. She gives us interesting fun facts, such as that um, she has a private room, which means you don't have a roommate, but she still doesn't get any privacy because the nurses are always all up in her business. Mm-hmm. She has a bed that can move up and down. The sheets are stamped with the name of the hospital. I can't imagine why. Did anyone think that a patient would actually want it to be reminded of her hospital stay by stashing a set of sheets in the closet at home? Every time I'm in the vicinity of a hospital bed or sheets or anything like that, I think about this. Or if anyone refers to hospital corners, this specific thing is just indelibly in my brain. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you do it? Well, I, uh, maybe they all go to the same laundry it's, and they have to be. I would guess yeah, it's that, yeah. It's because of laundry, yes. <laughs> Um, she's also like very perturbed that the TV is bolted to the wall and she's like, who is going to try and steal the hospital TV under their coat? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it would be pretty hilarious to try and do that with like a 1991 era gigantic cube TV. CRT. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, guys. Yeah. This specific thing um, reminded me of a something that I can't tell whether it's an urban legend or mm-hmm. is a thing that actually happened in um, the university that myself and Aoife went to. Um, but apparently um, back when um, computer labs were quite new, um, somebody very audaciously parked a van on campus and um, while nobody was looking, possibly while wearing a high-vis vest, um, just took all the computer equipment and stole it and left. Um, <laughs> and the thing is... Um, when I heard this story, I was like, I know where you'd do that. You'd park that at the base of the like library building. Yeah. Um, there's a specific <laughs> entrance, I'm like, oh my God, is that what happened? So I went looking to try and verify this. And um, there's no specific reporting on it, right? Okay. Although some other computer scientist <laughs> at our university did like get get hauled in for stealing equipment somewhere else um, in the late <laughs> 90s. Um, but it's not impossible that it did happen still because like there is a place where you could do it. And also I don't think our university would advertise that this had happened. No, <laughs> but did so like, I, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm really curious now. <laughs> <laughs> a full on heist. I think you yeah. could do a heist of quite a lot of equipment. Um, yeah. In, in a big, busy institutional space, like a hospital or a university. It, I, I'm pretty sure this has happened somewhere in the world. Yeah, just look like you're meant to be doing it. And The thing with hospitals is a lot of areas have doors that can only be opened by a specific badge. Yeah, but I bet they didn't back then, though. Yeah, not back then, yeah. Oh, that's true. It's the 90s. Oh, yeah. And, you know, but university were still good. So, uh, oh, no, you can get fucking anywhere in the university if you want to. As we have established, this hospital has very lax security procedures. Yeah. Like, this hospital will let anyone in. <laughs> A friend of mine got into a high security lab in the US somewhere because just because he was a he was a physics nerd and he wanted to see it yeah. um, by using social engineering um, with a friend of his where he used the um, the two coffees trick where yeah. he kind of ran up to the door holding two coffees as someone was opening it and she just held the door open for him oh so he went in yeah. um, and his friend who he was like was like oh my god Danny we're gonna get arrested why are we here and he was like it's Grange <laughs> walking around this with his two coffees <laughs> yes obviously it was Danny from the moment that <laughs> like that's amazing the, my friend who I bought a fire extinguisher for as a birthday present one year <laughs> and he was very grateful for it. I understand 
Um, but yeah, they didn't get arrested. Yeah. I'm not going to name the lab, though. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> it's fair. So, um, yeah, while Stacey's reflecting on the implausibility of a TV hospital heist, um, she also starts to worry that it's all her fault that she's in the hospital, that it's because she's gone off her diet and she doesn't know what's going to happen now. Oh, honey. She worries that she might die because she read a book once about a girl with diabetes who couldn't get enough insulin and she did die. That sounds like the worst book ever to give to your diabetic kid. Like mm-hmm. I know, right? Although it also strikes me as the sort of book that like, if she spotted in the library or something, she would absolutely like, any diabetic kid would like instantly <laughs> morbidly want to read. True. <laughs> and then have regrets. Is it a real book? It doesn't have a title. I, I don't I think wonder it's if, real. Yeah. If it's, re- if it's real, it didn't win a new brain. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It also, it sounds like 4am thoughts. You know, the way, like the, the way that your brain lies to you at 4am and everything yeah. it says is a lie and you shouldn't think about things, but you're still going to do it. Like, yeah. And then you wake up in the morning, like, I'm probably not going to die though. Like. <laughs> it's the middle of the day because Lane turns up. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Lane comes in and Stacy says, hi, come on in, have an uncomfortable seat because the hospital seats are really uncomfortable, which I love. <laughs> um, so yeah, Stacy asks, how did Lane get in here? And she goes, hey, I'm over 12. Anyway, at the visitor's desk, I just pretended I was part of this crowd who was going to visit other people. Then I got off on your floor. Ah, the before times. Yeah. Also, she also is like, she's a Danny. She's a social engineer. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to go far. And she's really rich. She just acts like she belongs wherever she's trying to go. And she just, they just let her in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I think she just radiates privilege. She's one of those people. So yeah. Stacey gets so many visitors in this and I'm so happy for her for that. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So Lane has gone and bought her like a bunch of hilarious random junk. Uh, she has got her <laughs> a keychain that looks like a cicada, but when you press a button on it, its green eyes flash off and off and it makes a weird high-pitched humming sound. So Stacy uses it to scare people until the battery wears out. To be fair, that was something she had previously got her. She didn't actually get her a yeah. buzzing cicada for the hospital. True. Which is true. fair. You have people bursting in going, what's that alarm? Exactly. <laughs> Are you Okay. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I love this. Um, This is such a weird insight into Lane's personality. Yeah. Because like, yeah, she is kind of um, like a posh girl um, who has not always been nice to Stacey. And you kind of, you get a bunch of attributes that you're like, okay, I can picture Lane. And then all of a sudden she turns out to be just like really into <laughs> like cheap Goofy. plastic things that yeah. are weird. <laughs> I enjoy that. Yeah, so she gets... On this occasion, she gets Stacy a bunch of electric blue plastic tulips. Uh, they stick them in a vase and Lane says that they're low maintenance and don't need any watering. And then she's gone to the last wound up, which Anne definitely name dropped in a previous book, which was this like iconic really? New York shop that sold wind up toys. Yeah. Um, and she has got Stacy a huge brown plastic spider wearing a pair of red glasses which Lane bought separately because they just happened to fit the spider. So they wind up the spider and let him run across the bed. And this is adorable and like extremely true to like 13 year olds. And yes. yeah, this is the most fun Lane has ever been by a long shot. Yes, absolutely. And Lane also has been on the phone to Claudia and has good luck messages from all the members of the Babysitter's Club. So like Lane is Lane is doing great in this. Yeah. <laughs> I love that the messages are all normal. We're missing you. We're thinking about you. Blah, 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 blah. 
Christy says to get back on your feet because Dawn isn't all that good at handling the money in the treasury. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, like it does, it's, it's very, um, it's very in keeping. And also maybe Christy is like, what will motivate Stacy to feel <laughs> more yeah. like, <laughs> what will subconsciously make her pancreas wake up and start working again? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's the Sweet Valley medical model where it's all just based on willpower. And if Stacy feels that the money's being mismanaged and somebody might look at the books, she needs to get out of the hospital and get back to Stony Brook. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's going to stagger out of her bed and show up in her hospital gown and be like, give me the treasury. Everybody put your dollar in the in the envelope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We need it for a pool party. <laughs> <laughs> So um, time takes on. Stacy's been in the hospital for four days now. Um, she has a kind of a grueling schedule. She like, she, her alarm clock wakes her up at seven. She gets dressed. She starts doing homework, having like not had breakfast yet. Mm-hmm. Um, then a nurse comes in and takes all her vital signs. Uh, she gives us the fun fact that the blood pressure thing is called a sphygmomanometer, mm-hmm. uh, which I only know how to pronounce because it's also in The Simpsons when, from when Bart got that high-tech belt that had a sphygmomanometer. <laughs> I love, I, I had that highlighted, you know, it's called a sphygmomanometer. This is the kind of information you pick up when you spend a lot of time in hospitals and doctor's offices. And I was like, which is weird because nobody ever says the name there for obvious reasons. No, they just say Blood pressure thing. Blood pressure machine. Yeah. Mm. I was like taught to say it. Like I wanted to learn to, I heard my mom say it. I was like, no, how do I say that? When <laughs> I was like five and I was like. That's so cute. In fact, I, I could spell it as well. <laughs> Stacy is also blown away by the fact that the hospital has a digital thermometer, uh, which she describes as a miracle of modern medicine. Your temperature flashes up digitally on it like the time <laughs> on a clock radio. Oh, bless She'd love the temperature guns you have now. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's still pretty space age, but she's like, it's also a very clunky primitive digital thermometer because it's wired to a box. It's like, well, really, I have a little thing. I point in my baby's ear and it gives me his temperature after like 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, this is what the best private health insurance could buy you in 1991, I guess. Nice. So her parents are still like, awkwardly dancing around trying not to do simultaneous visits um her mom comes and hangs out for a while and then says she has to go to midtown on a secret mission which stacy hopes is clothes shopping for stacy um, <laughs> it's her love language yes it absolutely is we do find out later that it is there is so little fashion in this book as a side note like for a stacy book this is very yeah fashion light that's okay we'll allow it i don't know i i want wild outfits in a stacy book but yeah we just we don't get them <laughs> Stacey continues to slog away at her homework while, like, the doctor brings in a whole bunch of medical students and monologues about her and she feels like an animal at the zoo. And, like, you're definitely supposed to get patient consent for that kind of thing. And, like, Mm. uh, yeah, I feel bad for her. She... Yes, the doctor talked about me as if I wasn't sitting just three feet away from him. And, yeah, and then they go away again. it's, It's really, like... I, I, I wonder if all the sort of patient consent stuff came out of came a bit later. I guess so. After a lot of complaints from patients, I've, <laughs> I've read many accounts of people being like, this is not acceptable way to behave anymore. Stacy is not getting a great customer experience here. No. 
Um, but yes, she focuses on work, even though she is tempted by the knowledge that Jeopardy is on TV and a rerun of the Beverly Hillbillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how she can withstand that temptation, but she manages it. <laughs> I think if the other option is homework and she's sick, yeah. Yeah. watch the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> like, come on, take it easy. Yeah, I, I, I am anti her doing her homework in general. <laughs> yeah. This is what daytime TV is for. It's yes. for sick people whose like standards are really low. Like, yeah, they're pretty decent. I'm sick. Television, yeah. like she should be yeah. watching Wheel of Fortune for rehab, like Mimi yeah. used to. Yes. So the club calls uh, to cheer her up, and uh, they reveal that they are paying for the long distance call with treasury money. <laughs> Stacey <laughs> oh, initially yeah. is unhappy, and then is like, "I guess I'm worth it." She's not there to stop them. No. <laughs> so they're like, we can spend this money on whatever because Dawn's not going to stop us. Like, Dawn doesn't yeah. even know how much is in there. <laughs> Dawn doesn't know or care. Then, amazingly, um, Stacy gets a package brought into the room by a hospital aide and says, you never know when you're going to get mail at the hospital. It seems to appear whenever it pleases. I cannot believe you can get in-room mail delivery at the hospital. That is mind-blowing. I literally never heard of anyone getting, like, mail at the hospital. No. Yeah. That is, this is a fancy hospital. Aoife, you worked as an aide, so it would have been your job, presumably, (laughs) to deliver. Even even on a ward where there would have been people, like, staying there for, like, weeks, because there was, like, chronic stuff going on, and Mm -hmm. just, no. Their, their post went to their house and their friends and family brought it into them if it was important and they needed to like sign a form or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is like, wild. Yeah. She's in the best hospital. What can I tell you? <laughs> Mailroom delivery is extra, maybe. So she gets, it's a care package from Claudia and Charlotte and she decides to give Charlotte a call. Um, and Charlotte decides to grill her about her health. Uh, when is she getting out? When is she coming back? Is she coming back? Why isn't the insulin working? Is she going to die of diabetes? And then it's like, oh, never mind. I'll ask my mom. She'll know the answer. She'll know if you're going to die. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Could, could you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would appreciate that information. Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah that's hard. That's hard work. <laughs> for Stacy. <laughs> I know. This is like not something Stacy should have to worry about. No. So we cut then to Dawn babysitting Charlotte and Charlotte is freaking out. Um she's been like missing school with stomach aches and headaches and earaches. Uh she decides she has a pinched nerve in her spine and that she probably needs a neck brace and probably neck surgery while she's at it. Uh, but in the meantime, she'll just try not to overexert herself. Yeah. A little while later, she gets a stomach ulcer and... <laughs> gets a stomach ulcer, yeah. A perceived stomach ulcer. She gets a bit thirsty, so she's come down with a touch of diabetes. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Charlotte is spiraling bad. Um, Dawn tries to calm her down by doing giving her a checkup with Charlotte's like toy doctor kit, which is very cute. <laughs> Um, she uses the fake thermometer and the fake stethoscope and Charlotte very patiently sits through this and then says, Don, that is a toy doctor's kit and you aren't a doctor. (laughs) 
mean, oh man, so embarrassing. I know. Like I would not I would not try that with Charlotte. No. No. No, she knows what a pinch nerve is. Other than it would annoy her out of it, like which is what happened. Charlotte is spiraling. Um the Johansons think that Charlotte is hoping to get hospitalized and end up in the hospital with Stacy. And <laughs> They've decided that the only thing to do is be extra patient and understanding, which is fair enough, I guess. Because like, and they didn't start this whole scenario, and they have to deal with it. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah. they're being very yeah. charitable about this. Because like, I will say, I think it was probably useful for me as a small reader of these books to see that sometimes people interpret their very mild symptoms in ways that are like, um. Like they they catastrophize basically. Yeah. <laughs> it was useful to see somebody catastrophizing um, because you might not necessarily recognize that in yourself. And I think I presume everybody doesn't recognize it, but yeah. sometimes it's like, well, that might slight rash might be meningitis, or I might just have like used An some itch. cream that didn't agree with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. Kids need to know about hypochondria. <laughs> I'm still kind of a hypochondriac. Be on the lookout for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, massive mood. Charlotte's very relatable here. Like, simultaneously a hypochondriac and also like, yeah, but I'm not going to go to the doctor about that, though. Oh, yeah. Like, no, it's like, I'm definitely dying, but I'm not going to make a fuss about that. Like, <laughs> that would be embarrassing and effort. I'll just die quietly. I'm definitely dying, but also I might not be dying. So let's not like get to yeah. <laughs> like, it's not borrow trouble yes exactly um so a couple days later stacy wakes up in the hospital and she had been feeling better but she's suddenly feeling much much worse um so she calls the nurse uh she has finally learned the value of asking for help in an emergency which i'm i love that for her yep and a nurse called darlene desmond comes in and <laughs> uh, provides assistance, which unfortunately involves a bedpan. And Stacy has to pee in the bedpan and is understandably horrified by this. Very resentful. Yes. Yes. Um, I would like the nurse to leave, but she doesn't. But uh, maybe that's a policy thing or something. But yeah, no, yeah. That, that, that sounds terrible. Poor Stacy. I would not have assumed that the 13-year-old who had been fully mobile yesterday and was feeling fatigued and weak would not be able to go to the toilet. She just says she's too tired to get out of bed. Like, I guess they're worried she'll faint or something. I mean, you should be saying, let me check those blood sugars immediately. <laughs> yes, <laughs> given that that's almost... She wasn't, like, calling the nurse in for assistance with getting to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. She was calling the nurse in because she was alarmed at how sick she was. Yeah. The nurse yeah. was like, oh, you need help peeing. <laughs> 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 yeah, Darlene Desmond's priorities are a bit off, maybe. Claudia Werner signed off on this. <laughs> This is an unusual amount of greetiness for these books. Like, we have on-screen peeing. It's true. <laughs> Bodily functions are acknowledged to exist. She does mention peeing a lot in this book, um, which obviously you would because you're extremely thirsty. And they keep testing her urine as well and she's not enjoying mm. that, which mm. is entirely fair. Um, so she goes back to sleep and she stays asleep through the vital signs check, uh, which is how we know that she's really in a bad way. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And she's too tired to even eat her breakfast. So when her mom turns up, mm. um, she's pretty worried. And finally, a doctor turns up, like, eventually. Um, I mean, that's completely accurate. Yeah, I know. It's just very frustrating. 
But yeah, also you'd see why they were super mad. So Stacy is lying there feeling miserable and her mom is keeping her company and trying to like cheer her up a little bit, but Stacy is not cheerable up. And then Stacy finally confronts her about the fact that her parents are like refusing to visit her simultaneously. And her mom initially blames this on her dad being a workaholic and or on being finding it too upsetting to see Stacy sick. Oh, so it's your fault, Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like this is such a shitty cover story. Maybe if you weren't so sick, he'd want to be around you more. Like Yeah. You yeah. just stress your dad out, honestly. <laughs> um so finally her mom comes clean and says that like she asked her dad um not to be around when she's around and they planned this. And Stacy is justifiably furious, like, because this is such bullshit. She's very upset, but eventually she decides to get her mom to turn on the TV and then they bond watching an old Woody Allen movie and we're just going to skim right past that. (laughs) I'm just picturing them. What is it? Like the everything you want to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask. And like, ha ha ha, he's being chased by a giant boob. (laughs) This is so funny. (laughs) Maybe it's like Marianne just like, sitting there happily watching Stephen King movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Woody Allen. 1970 sex comedies. Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah. Things that did not age well. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, Lane turns up again and uh, Lane is visibly surprised that, like, Stacy is in a bad shape and hasn't got dressed and combed her hair and stuff like that. Um, she has brought Stacy more extremely esoteric gifts. Um, (laughs) there is now a camouflage print hat that says daddy's little hunting buddy, a pair of light up sunglasses, (laughs) glow in the dark jewelry and a pen that looks like a palm tree. And she's now brought Stacy a hand mirror that laughs at you when you look at it. (laughs) Um, they both think this is the funniest thing that has ever existed. Yeah. Um, Stacy's pretty loopy at this point, but I don't know what Lane's excuse is. Yeah. I, I quite like Daddy's little hunting buddy. That is that is weird, but also yes, very funny. Yeah. But, you know, I don't really understand the. Re- I mean, the pen is fine. I mean, they're thirteen. I think that's the explanation. Yeah. Do you remember when Dublin used to just have around the turn of the century? Oh, we were all young. Um, they had a lot of novelty shops yes. selling. Yes. Kind of high quality, expensive, weird novelty goods, and I remember my dad um, saying to me that he had a co-worker who was Canadian who was leaving and was moving back to Canada and they wanted to get her a joke gift as part of the leaving kind of thing. And he was like, um, I hear you can get these inflatable moose heads. And I was like, yeah, I think I can get you one of those. And I went out and I fucking found one and was able to <laughs> buy it for him. Was it in Frenzy in Temple Bar? It was in one of those. Like I a fucking loved Frenzy so much. It was shop, so good. Like with all the, yeah, or... Yeah, and it just had so many things. I think all birthday presents were bought in there for like two or three years around the millennium. Those were the days. Yes. I still, every time I go by there and it's a really depressing, boring, like souvenir shop now, I, I'm yeah. resentful that it's not Frenzy still because like I fucking love that place. I bought a little bat-shaped door knocker and put it on my bedroom door. Ooh, that- I remember that. It's still on that door in my parents' house. Like I have not lived at home since 2007 and like, the bat door knocker will just be there forever. I love it. Was it was probably like really high quality as well. They were weirdly like well-made. Yeah, like stuff. I think it's, it's real like, iron. Like it's not plastic. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sure the Canadian moose head, like inflatable moose head, still graces somebody's wall. I'm, I'm sure she absolutely loved that. It's <laughs> random. Yeah, I also knew ever got really crappy plastic, uh, like novelty tat. So, like, there was the whole inflatable duck slippers debacle one Christmas. <laughs> about this somebody bought i think i have but somebody bought uh one of the friends group bought uh inflatable duck slippers for the one person in the group who would really not appreciate being bought inflatable duck slippers <laughs> was that person you i was neither person i in fact was standing there going man i'm just happy to know inflatable duck slippers exist i kind of wish someone had got them for me oh <laughs> Like, I didn't want them, but I was so happy they existed. I wouldn't have minded getting them because it would have, you know. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, I love that that's still a grudge, I'm sure, between yeah. these two people. And there's somebody who's like, do you remember the year she got me inflatable duck slippers? Duck slippers. I am mm. 100% sure that it's, it is, yes. <laughs> I remember when novelty slippers began to be a thing here. And one Christmas, my brother announced that like, the thing he most wanted was a pair of gorilla slippers. And my mom was like, what are gorilla slippers? What am I supposed to do? And he was like, they have them in town. Just go in the shop and you will find them. And she brought home a pair of gorilla slippers and she was so triumphant. She was like, I cannot believe I pulled this off. I got gorilla slippers just like he wanted. And he was ecstatic with them. He was an extremely cynical 16 year old at this point. It was wildly out of character and he loved them. He wore them to bits. I love it. Oh, that's a really feel-good story. I know. It was so cute. I think my parents found it very wholesome because he was like really in his like edgy punk phase and they were like, oh, he's such a bad boy, but actually he really wants gorilla slippers. (laughs) Maybe there's hope. Don't all bad boys really just want gorilla slippers? Don't we all? I'd love a pair of gorilla slippers. Oh, well, of course you would. (laughs) Yes. If they had tails, you'd have to cut them off. But um, Well, it would be pretty weird because they were just shaped like gorilla's heads. They weren't shaped like a gorilla's whole body. Uh, for context, I used to be a primatologist. Um, and one of my primatology friends went to Monkey World in Dorset, which is an all primate like nature park. It is the happiest place on earth and it's amazing. But she went to... <laughs> it's amazing. It was so good. It's, it's amazing. Um, she went to the gift shop and they were selling toy chimpanzees that had tails, which is what? like wildly inaccurate because chimpanzees don't have tails. And she went up to one of the staff and was like, excuse me, can you tell me why this chimpanzee has a tail? And they were like, eh. <laughs> it was like, oh, we get this all the time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably primatology <laughs> students. So she bought one so that she could take it home and cut the tail off because she just, she would feel better knowing that one of them had had the tail removed. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. She didn't sneak in with a big pair of scissors and just... (laughs) To be fair, I don't think you have to be a primatology student to be angry at gorillas with tails. You just sort of watch a lot of nature programs. It was personal for us, though. It was like, this this was our whole identity. We were the primate people and, you know, we needed the chimpanzee toys to be accurate. Man, I hope that place still exists because now I want to go there. It's so good. It's amazing. I'm... Almost sure it still does exist and it's really nice. And like, they have loads of like rescues. They rescue them from like uh. less primate friendly environments and stuff. Anyway, I will talk about this all night. <laughs> if you let me, so I need to, I need to get off. Go to Monkey World, y'all. Okay. Sorry. Let's move back, back to the diabetic crisis. Yeah. Stacey is having her dinner that evening and the doctor comes in and is like, 
okay, I'm going to do a new treatment on you. I'll just get your parental consent, but I'm sure they'll be fine with it. We're going to hook you up to a constant IV of insulin. Bye. Yep. Which is a stellar way to break this news to your 13-year-old patient alone. Uh, so then he leaves her alone to cry. She's also very, yeah, she sarcastically says, yay, and he leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this man is famed for his bedside manner. Yeah, he's a gent. At least they told her. They didn't I mean, just like... I guess, but yeah. like... I mean, they told her they're doing it. Mm. They told her they're probably doing it. They're like, yeah. I'm going to run this by your parents, but in the meantime, I'm going to tell you this as if it's fact. And then I'm going to leave you to process it alone. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that. Like, that's that's not great. No. So the next morning, she's um she's hooked up to her IV and she can hear her friend's voices and she's sure it must be a dream. She hears someone say, there she is. No, that's not her. It says Stacey McGill by her door, you dweeb. Oh my Lord, she's got a needle stuck in her arm. <laughs> and <laughs> we, we know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the senior babysitters who are really the only ones that matter in this book, like yes. Stacy is barely aware that the junior babysitters exist. Um, mm-hmm. They have turned up, they've come to visit her um, Stacy says, I can't believe this. I thought I was dreaming, but this is a dream come true. Christy is immediately like, boy, the hospital sure has made you maudlin. And then does the world's tiniest violin thing. And like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Christy, she nearly died. <laughs> I think that's, that's the most important time to be cynical and sarcastic. I, I will say when I read this first, I read it so many times. I was like, I don't understand what is happening here. And then eventually I was like, well, the next thing is I giggled. So it must be a joke. But what? What does this mean? What is the word maudlin? And what is Christy Aww. doing with her fingers? Bless. It must be a joke because it sounds like Christy's just being an asshole, but that can't work. It is. And it's really confusing language if you don't know what. Also, the world's smallest violin thing is, I presume it originated on Saturday Night Live or something like that. That makes no sense unless you've heard it 10,000 times already. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if this is your first introduction to it. I mean, it doesn't make sense unless you see it done. Like, to hear it described in prose is just baffling. And also, like... It also makes no sense in, re- in if you see it done. Like, it... Yeah. You have to know what it means. You have to be initiated into yes. it. Yes. Like, there is no way... Well, I mean, Stacey it- does need an explanation from Christy. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, she's she's doing the, the finger thing. Like, that also... Yeah, doesn't... Yeah. I think no. I'd be like... I am almost in a diabetic coma and Christy's being weird again. So, hey, did you bring me any stuff? <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I know Christy's going to Christy, but like, I think I'd be pretty mad <laughs> in Stacey's <laughs> shoes here. She said, if I'd had the energy, I would have thrown a pillow with Christy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. Um. So she tells them about her insulin IV Marianne is a bit disturbed and Stacy is like, let's not talk about that. Give me all the hot goss. Um, then yeah. Christy, Christy becomes funny again. Um, Wait, said Christy, before you start, Claude, let me try to make myself even more comfortable than I am right now. This chair is really incredible. I've never felt anything quite like it. <laughs> Christy tried to adjust herself so that her spine and shoulder blades weren't mashed up against the back of the hard chair. It was impossible. Ah, I think I'd like a set of these for my bedroom, added Christy. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually cute and charming. The yes. thing is, like, they can't be that different than the chairs at school. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that. 
that that's just like there's just one kind of generic plastic chair. I think this is written from the perspective of an adult who does not have to spend very long sitting in disc- uncomfortable molded plastic chairs. True. There's plastic chairs and then there's plastic chairs. Okay, yeah, there's true. Yeah. Fancy chairs that they have in the RIA, like in the Royal Irish Academy in town, which um, are super cool to look at and are so fucking uncomfortable. I was ready to actually burn the place down after a conference there <laughs> at one point. Now, I was quite pregnant at that point in time okay, as well, but well. we, we, the second day of the conference was in uncomfortable plastic university chairs oh, elsewhere. And I was like, these are so much better. How are they so much better than the padded fancy chairs at the RIA? I hate them so I much. I died either way. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was much better. Um, somehow the so I I feel like that's how big of a difference there was like uh, visibly and I think some plastic chairs look absolutely terrible but are actually kind of okay yeah fair um, and some of them and I, w- I wonder if those are probably the result of like an incredible amount of design yes. and technology improvements over the past 30 years that maybe just didn't exist in the <laughs> like the early 90s so maybe these are just very aesthetic chairs that are actually excruciating. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe they're like mid-century modern and they look really cool oh, and they're yeah. they're just designed to get to make you not hang around the sick people and get you out of the hospital again. Yes, that makes sense. It's hostile architecture. Yes. <laughs> and therefore whoever designed it should be burned at the stake. Yay. Yes. So Claudia's got the goss. Um, everyone misses Stacy, including someone called Ross Brown, who Stacy has an incredible crush on. This week. And yet we've never heard of before, ever, or since. We've never heard of him before, yes. Uh, but Claudia insists that Ross, Ross Brown likes her back. Um, which, sure, we're never going to fact check this. It's fine. Um, Alan Gray got suspended for setting off a cherry bomb in the boys' toilet. And Cokie Mason got a nose job. <laughs> which just, like, seems like a wild thing to throw in. I mean, didn't we have a thing? Was it this we were talking about how, like, this, this was the era of, like, yeah, t- teenage girls got nose jobs. We, we know from the Adams family and Clueless yeah. that that just mm. happened at this point in time. I guess it's just like 13 is so young to get a nose job. I know. Well, Koki is extreme. Yes. You know, she, she's a, there to represent an extreme of behavior. Maybe people did get it done at 13. I would say there was probably just loads of Reader's Digest articles about people getting nose jobs at 13. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing this was a media panic and like one 13 year old got a nose job. But you know who I actually wish had done this? Uh, Shauna Riverson, who gets notes off from school to go get her hair permed. Yes, I was going to yeah. say it does sound more like, I couldn't think of her name though, but yeah. She's been deaccessioned. She doesn't exist anymore. It, oh wait, no, it's it's not Shauna Riverson. It's like one of her henchwomen who does yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> one of her crew. Oh, the one who keeps a tiny, um, like a miniature of hairspray in her yes, bag so her that she can bag. touch her hair up. Yes. <laughs> Hit us up, readers, if thirteen-year-olds were all getting nose jobs in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's the fashionable um, cosmetic surgery to for young women to get um, anymore. Well, I hope the thirteen-year-olds aren't getting BBLs instead. That would be very troubling. I'm thinking more about fillers, which apparently are on the way out now and are being replaced with the the stuff they used to pump into your face. They now suck out of your face. <laughs> okay, I've been reading about this and I was like, why? Cool. But then cool. They, none of this was ever for me. So yes, yeah, I'm that's just fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. They call them. Oh, do you want the most toxic term I've ever heard? The thing that I hate more than any other piece of internet yes. slang. Yes. 
tweakments. What? what? It's it's like treatment, um, oh, but it's just like little bits of things that they, like, oh, I'm going to inject something toxic into my face, la la la. And I'm not even talking about Botox, which has like legit applications. I'm talking about like, yeah, here's like, ha- let's have something untested that will like maybe disappear in here. Except it stays in there for the rest of your life. Ha 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 ha. Oh my God. Tweakments. What a cute name. It, uh, yes, exactly. It's supposed to sound cute, but it's not. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I was happier a minute ago when I didn't know this word. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You consented <laughs> to hearing it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Karen. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yes, I brought this on myself by befriending you. <laughs> <laughs> we should put a warning at the start of this that I'm going to use a super annoying term. <laughs> like, I don't know, around the two hour mark. <laughs> And everyone's going to be, oh my God, what slur is Karen going to drop? They're finally getting cancelled. It's it not be? a slur. It will make your life worse for having heard it, but it's not yes. actually a slur. Anyway, let's move on with this book because this gurning baby is, you know, <laughs> all right. starting to pose a problem. So, all right, they give her some presents. They give her some cards, including one from Claire, Claire Pike, who has misspelled it. And so it says, get well, son, instead of get well soon. <laughs> Which That's is delightful. delightful. Yes. Um, and then Stacy suddenly starts to feel very unwell. She's all dizzy and clammy and weird. And a nurse runs in and says that the doctor has been summoned and her mom has been summoned and the doctor's being paged. Eventually, the doctor turns in and thinks to kick out the large horde of teenage <laughs> girls who are not supposed to be there. Like the nurse didn't really bother doing that. Um, but they, again, we kind of like, there's a cut. We miss all of the actual medical drama. Um, and at, by the end of the day, she's been stabilized and they're giving her like different insulin than she was having before. And she's feeling better. Uh, but unfortunately, her friends have had to go home back to Stony Brook. So like, yeah, the day has been a bit of a bust overall. Yeah, I know. Like it's it's. Stacy, who's going through all of it, but like that would be so terrifying to visit your friend in hospital and have her like code. Yes, and, and then, then you all get kicked out and then you don't see her again. Yeah, like, and then you have to leave <laughs> and you don't like that's the worst train trip ever. I know, <laughs> like, God, imagine like hours sitting on the train while like Marianne is crying hysterically, Claudia yes. is crying slightly less hysterically, Christy is trying to lighten the mood with increasingly ill judged barbs. <laughs> Thank God. I'm really glad we didn't get that. That would be horrible. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for not dramatizing that, Anne. And also I'm glad that Stacy is feeling better as well. But that yeah, yes. that too. So Stacy um decides that while she's at a low point and everyone is kind of low-key traumatized, this is the time to try and like do a little bit of like parent trapping. So she says to her parents that the one thing she most wants is for them to like all spend the evening together in her room as a family. Mm-hmm. It is real awkward for about 10 minutes and then it goes way downhill from awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So her mom <laughs> yells at her dad for working too much and he points out that like the world's fanciest health insurance doesn't come cheap and, you know, somebody's got to keep an eye on all of his various scams and grifts. And yeah. um, her mom is like, oh yeah, you're such a hero for like working to pay for insurance and like not to defend Ed McGill, but like, Someone's got to pay for this. Yeah, no, no, you know. And, like, she picks this fight fully. Like, 
like she launches in with um where so he asks what happened this morning in his slightly like not it's not the best phrasing yeah but uh, he says um so what on earth happened this morning Boonsie, um which is the baby name and uh to my surprise mom answered him before i could if you'd been here you'd know yourself like you agreed to not be in the same yeah. place at the same yeah. time I think that neither of them can like be a re- reasonable person around the no. other. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I do understand. Like, yes, well, it's- like no, it's awful, and they ought to be able to suck it up for Stacy's sake. Uh, and it's yes, really yeah. terrible that they can't go fight in the corridor like civilized people <laughs> under normal circumstances. Like, it is okay for a pair of yeah. reasonably divorced people to not want to be around each other. But yes, as you, exactly, suck it up. Like, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then her mom like gives out to her dad for putting Stacy in a private room in the hospital, which I'm sure makes Stacy feel great. Like listening to them debating like what standard of care represents appropriate value for money here. Yeah, yeah. So they continue to tear into each other, and Stacy. Oh, yeah. He retaliates with. Um, All I'm saying is, she arrived here looking sicker than I've ever seen her before. Like that's a that's a whole lot. Like you got the custody. <laughs> and she showed up and clearly no one was taking care of her. Yeah, says the man who's been ignoring her statements that she's too tired to visit her to do activities for yeah. the last mm-hmm. like however many months. Yeah, yes. So it's, all of it is just um, Stacey being a weapon <laughs> to to use against the other parent. Yeah, but being used as a weapon, not acting like a weapon. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no. They're being a pair of weapons. And yes. Stacy, bless her heart, tells them literally to shut up and kicks them out of the room. And it's the most <laughs> satisfying thing ever. Yes. Yeah. I'm so happy for her. That's yeah. some amazing, like, yeah, fortitude. Yes. Um, it is entirely what they need. It's interesting that yeah, so she um, she's really really unwell right now and yeah. decides to kind of have this whole it, like let's let's have the whole situation let's air let's air this dirty laundry um, <laughs> and that suggests to me that like it takes willpower for her to ignore the situation yeah mm-hmm. um, and that like now it's at her lowest ebb that she's like no okay fine we're gonna do this let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that she, and it, that's just really interesting that it's it's not like, okay, I'm going to wait till I've got, I'm feeling strong and collected and then we'll have this conversation. Yeah. It's actually it's like, avoiding it that takes yeah, all this. Yeah. I can't suppress this like, anymore. Mm-hmm. All I've wanted to do is yell at you to shut up and get out. Exactly. <laughs> I felt better once I told my parents to fuck right off. <laughs> I'm sure she did. She makes them cry. And, like, they absolutely deserve to be made cry. How satisfying. That's vindication right there. I know. Yeah, but you'd also, she probably, and and does, as we see later on, like, she's like, oh, no, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and I feel I so know, bad for making my parents feel bad when they were making me feel shit. Her dad did try to tone police her on the way out, but, like, <laughs> fuck him. You were yeah. brought up to speak like that, young lady. Yeah, well. You brought me up, so what? Yeah. What? <laughs> learned it from watching you guys you assholes so she tells them they're not allowed to come back the next day because she needs some time to herself (laughs) and it's incredibly satisfying and i love it so she decides that she's going to put herself first for once and that what she really wants to do is spend the day with her friends so she rings Mm -hmm. claudia and asks if there's any way that the girls can come back up to new york to see her and like i actually love this because this is a huge ask like it's expensive and 
they're going to have to get their parents' permission and stuff like that. And like, I actually love to see her like just asking for something really big that she really wants when she's at this really low ebb. Yeah. And like, they make it happen for her and it's so satisfying. <laughs> it's great. I think also that um, given the imaginary train journey home from New York that <laughs> we've established they just had. Yeah. The fact that she's rung up and like, so I'm not dead. Can you come back? Yeah, They're probably like, yes, basically. I don't yes. care what you're asking. I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you want some bone marrow? I know that's not what's wrong with you, but you want some anyway, just in case. A kidney, maybe? I've got two of them. <laughs> yeah. We've got whatever. We can have a whip round. We've got so much blood. Yeah. At least one of us definitely has your blood type, if that's any good. Dracula style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I remember... Um, reading a question somewhere on Reddit where someone was like, I'm reading Dracula and this guy just, someone just gives someone a blood transfusion without <laughs> checking what their blood types were first. I That's know. such a plot hole. They didn't know. <laughs> I used to be like, oh sweetie, blood types were not discovered. And then the person, the OP was like, but what happened when they gave people blood transfusions? Like, a lot of the time they just they died. died. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, welcome to most medicine up until about 1940. <laughs> yeah. Is it Lucy Westenra? Yeah. Okay. And and also Mina. I just, so they're both, they must both be it's, like, is no, it? No, it's just Lucy who gets the blood transfusions. Okay, it's just um. Well, she's, okay, so she's going to die anyway. Sorry, spoiler <laughs> for this very old book. Yes, but she doesn't die from blood transfusions. She's she's a universal recipient and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, she can just have all the blood and then she gets a taste for it and, you know, happy days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, maybe that's what Stacey needs. But um, mm-hmm. the girls turn up and then she hasn't, she never got around to opening her presents the previous day, so she can open them now and they mm-hmm. can all have fun together. Uh the nurse comes in and she's like, uh, this is a guest check. I see you have exactly two visitors and then discreetly yes, leaves again. And I'm like, I, I, I hate it from an infection control perspective, but I love it from a like humanity perspective. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And, you know, there's no COVID. It'll be fine. I love these instances of... Um uh, authority figures turning a blind eye yeah. <laughs> to yes. things. I don't think RSA was even much of a thing then. Yeah. What Stacey has isn't, uh, it's not contagious. No, yeah, um, it be fine. But, and also, yeah, they they probably can't make her worse by being around it, apart from tiring her out, so. Yeah. And like giving her all the colds and stuff they've picked up uh, in the on the train. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Let's blast yeah. past that. <laughs> um... <laughs> Because Charlotte's got health worries again. Uh, so oh, we can fret no. about this. So Charlotte has decided oh, she has Lyme disease. Char- oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the first place I ever heard of Lyme disease. Oh. Stacey also thought she had Lyme disease um, when she <laughs> was at the oh, camp. camp. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I hadn't read that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> True. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Did Stacey talk about this to Charlotte? Like, haha, oh, I had such a phase at camp. It was hilarious. No, I think Charlotte obviously has just been reading her mother's old textbooks. <laughs> or it was in Reader's Digest. I think Reader's Digest had a lot of stuff about Lyme disease around that time. Yeah, probably. It was very, like, in the news. Even though I didn't read any of it, but it, I didn't read American Reader's Digest, so. There's probably a lot of crossover between people in the States who read Reader's Digest and people who hunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> so she's making Marianne check the house for deer ticks, uh, because... <laughs> what actually is on the floor is a very small spider. Like, 
even Marianne is not afraid of this spider is how small it is. So she puts it out. Um, Charlotte's like, are you going to kill it? And Marianne's like, no, I won't. And Charlotte is disappointed. Bloodthirsty yeah. child. Charlotte's like, it's him or me. It's a deer tick. It's a deer tick. Bless. When Marianne gets back, Charlotte's developed arthritis. Um, <laughs> She's not very old. I mean, these things progress so fast, you know? Yeah. And then... Marianne starts to read her a book, but then Charlotte gets insta strep throat. And don't you just hate when that happens? Mm. Well, Duffer, she had arthritis slash kidney disease. It's all kicking off at the Johansson's house. Mm-hmm. Like, Marianne is being so, like, no, I bet all of this. Like, <laughs> yeah, Marianne is not having it. Oh, wait, I bet I have kidney disease. People sometimes get backaches when they have, kidney to- have a kidney infection. They also run fevers. You don't have one. Well, Marianne just watched her friend like code. Marianne has got no time for like coddling Charlotte's anxiety. I think. Yeah. She's like, if there isn't a bunch of nurses running in here with a crash cart, I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) I would expect that to be available. Yes. In the the Johansson's house. The Johansson house, yeah. So then the phone rings and Marianne has to run downstairs to answer it because she's too weirded out to go into the Johansson's bedroom to answer the upstairs phone, which is a nice touch. I think I would have felt exactly the same way at that age. It's like, no, that's where adult stuff happens. I can't go in there. Yeah, I've had to go into a parent's bedroom to get something once or twice. um, And I was, yeah, it was very like, oh, I shouldn't be in here. No, 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 no. And in a weird anticlimax, it's Claudia on the phone to say that Stacy's much better and she's getting discharged on Saturday. And like, again, we didn't get to see any of this on screen. Like, I would have liked a scene if the doctor comes in and says, Congratulations, Stacy, the new treatment is working. And Stacy goes, I'm so happy. I know, I'm disappointed. It it is a kind of a the progression of her disease is sort of going on in the background the whole way through. Um yeah. but I found that kind of reasonable in a way, like it is much more of a book about, um, like, feelings. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Paul, I wanted it to be more of a medical book. Yeah, I think me and Aoife are coming at this as medical nerds. Yeah. It's a better medical book than the um, the book about feelings that also happened to be set on an island with a shipwreck was about <laughs> shipwrecks and oh, bones. God, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's because she had as a Claudia Werner. She doesn't have a boat equivalent of Claudia Werner. Yeah. Yeah, so she was just like, it's it's going to look like a toy ship. And the boat's boated. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted like, I, I wanted a bit more hard medical data, honestly. Yeah. Yes. I am curious about like, so they, they got her some better insulin um, yeah. and that started to work. Uh, yeah. And then, and also it is kind of nicely, like sometimes, you know, she gets... She, her her disease doesn't follow like a satisfying narrative progression, which I think is actually realistic yeah. for diseases. Yeah, it gets better and it gets worse, and they have to try a few things, and eventually you get there. Yeah, and then they kick you out as fast as possible <laughs> when something seems to be working. Also very accurate. We don't know why this is working. We don't know why you're better now, uh, but you seem to be better. So just get out of the hospital. We need the bed. Get out and come back if we need you again. But hopefully, don't do that. <laughs> Someone else is more dying than you, so. Go home. Yep. Hope for the best. Definitely. So Charlotte is ecstatic. All of her diseases miraculously clear up. Um, they decide that they should have a welcome home party for Stacy, but that a surprise party might be too overwhelming for her. So they decide to have a regular party. A small, quiet, <laughs> regular party, says Marianne. A small, quiet, regular party is the saddest concept ever. <laughs> <laughs> I 
actually, I quite like the sound of a small, quiet, regular party. So do I, but like, we're not cool, fun people. Yeah, okay, like, fair. Cool, fun people would not aspire to a small, quiet, regular party. No, they would not. It's true. <laughs> the bartender at the biggest party I ever threw, actually, I think this was jointly a birthday party of ours, Aoife, um, was kind of patronizing to me about the number of people that were there. Rude. Oh my God. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was, no, it was like kind of, um, it was in a pub, wasn't it? And it meant was... to be supportive, I think, about like, oh yeah, you know, it's a, you know, not that many people at this. Like, this place is packed. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what the this is a triple birthday. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it was. Well, I suppose it's Cassidy's, and they were probably ex- like, if if people aren't puking out the windows, it's probably not quite full enough <laughs> yeah, for okay, them. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great party, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was 2007. Oh god. No, also, don't be silly. Because <laughs> that would make it. I don't want to think about how many years ago. No. Several, several years. It's redacted. I'm nearly 40. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your 40th. Yes. <laughs> um, so they, they start to make plans for the party, and uh, Marianne says, maybe we'll serve juice or lemonade. And Charlotte goes, lemonade without sugar in it. And Marianne says, right, or with artificial sweeteners. Because, yeah, if you didn't put artificial sweeteners in it, you're just serving lemon juice. You just have a big jug of lemon <laughs> juice at the party. And it would be pretty terrible, guys. Please don't do that. No, no one's diabetic enough for that. No. That's going to need some gin to make it palatable. Yeah. That's, no, don't do that. No. That would be Stacey's villain origin story. <laughs> yes, I got out of the hospital and they gave me a glass of lemon juice. And expected me to be happy. Oh, they're making another banner, by the way. Uh, yes. Mad for banners. I know. The bottom of her wardrobe is just like choked with banners. She has no yeah. space for shoes anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they're all inflicted on Stacy. Like she's she's yeah. just always like, getting banners. Oh, banner. Yay. <laughs> she's just not she's actually probably got one of the most dramatic lives though. That's true. Yeah, I suppose so. You know, like drama invites banners. <laughs> Yes. Is this the third one, though? Because she moved yeah. and they made her a banner and then she came back. back and they made her a banner and now yeah, she's in a hospital and they made her a banner. There yeah. may have been a banner involved when they got back off the island as well. Although I might just be extrapolating. Maybe they reused a banner. I think there was a banner, I think actually. there was, was yeah. Like, We're glad you didn't drown or something. The, the, that one wasn't for Stacey. Yeah, it was for the gang. <laughs> Somebody else got to take that one home. Yes. Hopefully. <laughs> Oh, Stacey, you already have a big blanket chest full of these things. Just just mind this one too, will you? (laughs) Thank you. So Stacey finally gets out of the hospital. Uh, She's brought out in a wheelchair. She reflects on the weirdness of being taken out of the hospital in a wheelchair. Uh, Another bit of realism. Um, Mm -hmm. Then she's been packing up all of her presents and things and bouquets. They gave two bouquets of flowers to the nurses. We delivered four more bouquets to the kids I'd gotten to know the best, which wasn't very well, which like, yeah, she was cooped up in a private room the entire time. Mm -hmm. I'm astonished she knows any of the other kids. Yeah, I can't believe she knows anyone at all. Yeah. Her parents are icily civil to each other. There's some sort of stiff, awkward apologies. They have learned nothing. They have not moved on. Stacy says... I promise that my next visit will be more fun. And it's like, Stacey, this is not on you. You are not a buzzkill. Then she suggests that they could go to the sewage treatment plant. (laughs) (laughs) Her dad, at least, yeah, like, picks up on this as, like, a a venue for jokes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, he's like, then we'll finish off the day with a ride on a garbage barge. We'll try to pick a hot, sunny afternoon. (laughs) 
people do actually do that. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not Stacy kind of people. No. On garbage barges? Well, she's... For fun? She's been to Starlight Express, so... <laughs> what else is there to do? That is the worst bird on Starlight Express to date on this show. <laughs> I feel really bad whenever I, like, say anything about Starlight Express, which I have not seen. <laughs> oh, no, none of us have. Maybe it's great. it's about trains played by people on roller skates and yeah. we only have so many hours in our lives. <laughs> but they love it in Germany. <laughs> well, maybe we should go see it in German. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll go and I'll report back. <laughs> oh, yes. I can't wait to see a several hours stage musical extravaganza in German. In German. <laughs> It would be worse because I have a very small amount of German, so I would be tr- actually really working hard to translate. Yes, it would be easier if it was in like Slovenian and you just knew you just had to kick back and appreciate it as music. La, but, la, like, yeah. You'd be yes. trying to pick out a few words here and there. That yeah. would be way worse. <laughs> oh my God. So Stacy gets home and they have a banner. They couldn't use Welcome Back Stacy because they already did a Welcome Back Stacy banner. So this one says, We're glad you're home, Stacy, which must have taken fucking forever. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was all Claudia. Yeah. You do art, Claudia. Do the thing. Art does <laughs> yes. a banner. Another day, another banner. <laughs> yeah. I just churn them out at this point. There's an assortment of the kind of top tier babysitting charges like Charlotte, Becca, Jamie, Mariah and Gabby and the Pike kids. Mm-hmm. Stacy hugs everyone expe- except for the Pike triplets who say they will die if a girl touches them. They're like, you guys, you literally nearly died. Can you act like human beings for once in your fucking lives? No, they can't. No. I- Clearly. I think the extreme irony that struck me here was like, oh, you're 10 Oh, it's going to be a different story in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> I literally die if a girl doesn't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's there's such a short space of time between like this and American Pie and whatever is going on there. Like, yeah. you know, in that, that whole thing, like, oh, my God, I'm a virgin. I'm 17 and a half and a girl has never touched my penis. <laughs> like, yeah, that's because you were like shitty to them until like three minutes ago <laughs> yeah but these guys live in a time bubble and they're never going to be 17 and a half so that's true also american pie is an incredibly dated reference um, yeah i but- was thinking that like ah uh, what a timely reference this is a nostalgia podcast you know what i mean though like it's it's I the do. most extreme like e- example of the like teen sex comedy genre teen sex comedy genre um which is dated but certain elements of it i think are probably still I mean, teenagers are still gross, so yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> then Charlotte hearteningly is like, Stacy, I didn't really think you'd come back, but you're all well now. <laughs> Thanks, kid. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to die. Yeah, basically, like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a reason number 700 why Charlotte should not have been told. I know. I know. You know. <laughs> This is just <laughs> grotesquely mismanaged. Um, I, I do wish at some point somebody had like editorialized this a bit in the text because yeah. like we can tell this, but I think as a 13 year old, I just would have been like, well, none of this could have been prevented. Charlotte was just going to have to have this like emotional crisis. Yeah. It reminds me of the scene where um, Marianne is moving into Dawn's house. Mm-hmm. and Tigger is being used for maximum pathos because he's running around crying and getting under everybody's feet and being like, I don't understand, why are we moving? Like, that's not how you treat a cat when you're moving yeah. house. Yeah. Yes. Put the cat in a room 
and like with all the stuff they need and come back to them later. This is not how you treat an extremely sensitive eight-year-old. Yes. Yes. Also, like when we told all the small kids that the babysitters were lost at sea and then everyone was very upset. What the hell? (laughs) Wasn't there one where they were trying to explain the concept of death to Jamie Newton? (laughs) Yeah. They were like, kids don't usually die. Usually. Yeah, that was the one where they all were all in the on the bus. the the two The two bridges were out. Yes, there was a bus disaster. Yeah, and they told <laughs> Jamie Newton. Yes, because a four year old needs to know. Yeah, <laughs> but you know they they probably won't die. It'll be fine. Oh my god! So they do some very mild socializing, and they drink some lemonade, which has thankfully got like a hearty dose of aspartame or whatever. Um, and Stacy goes and takes a nap. Um, it's very sweet, actually. Like Claudia goes up with her and sits with her until she falls asleep, and then she drifts off. And it's very like cute and wholesome. She also cuts the party short at like twelve minutes in. She's like, "Okay, everybody, show's over. Go home. Get out of here. I'm done. I'm diabetic as fuck. Bye." We've done. No, it's like Claudia closes it down. It's not even like Stacy is like, "I think I've had enough." But they're like, "Okay, everybody, beat it." Sometimes that's what you need. You need a friend who'll do that. Yeah, exactly. It's good. Yeah. 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 So Stacy wakes up from her nap and then gives her mother a stern talking to <laughs> again. It's and good. is like, good for her. I have had it with you and dad and your weird mind games and you trying to get me to spy and sending messages. And like, I refuse to be involved in this like psychodrama anymore. And her mom was like, okay, so far what you said seems reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, very magnanimous. Thank you. Um, she says that she thinks she brought this on herself by eating candy. And her mom is like, no, it isn't. You just have like really hard to manage diabetes. And also you've had a bunch of infections lately and it's not your fault. And then Stacy resolves to catch up on her schoolwork some more. Yeah. She's like, you know, you're, you, and you've been so busy. You're going to have, yeah, I'm going to have to take it easy. I need to catch up on my schoolwork anyway. What's she cutting out? All those extracurriculars we never heard about. Uh-huh, yeah, because all she does is school babysitting. Yeah. I guess she's cutting out fun. She's cutting out fun. Which is bollocks. Yeah. Maybe she's cutting out um, worrying about her parents' relationship. That's true. That's true. I'm probably going to New York a bit less. Yeah. Maybe going to fewer like Broadway musicals. Which, I think that's a healthy adjustment anyway. Yeah, maybe less mauling. Yeah, less mauling. Hey, mom, if you and dad weren't fighting all the time, maybe he could fucking come here once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Like, not not necessarily to this house, but Stony Brook. Like, yeah. you know. Now, the thing is, I think Kate thinks Stacy misses the city. That's as true. Much, if not more than she misses her father. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good that she has that conversation um, where her mother says, no, you didn't, this isn't your fault. Yeah. Um, this isn't, yeah. I, I think that was that was something that was worth articulating, given Definitely. that a lot of the early part of the book is Stacy feeling guilty about how she's managing her disease. Eating candy, and then it goes, dun, dun, yeah. dun. Yeah. And so it really does seem like you're being set up for that, that it's yeah. a doctor is going to say, Stacy, what have you done to yourself? Yes, especially with teenage girls just being made feel bad about eating candy yes yeah. regardless of their di- their status of their pancreas including like, in these books so like yeah yes, it's yeah. really good that they actually spell out that this was just a thing that happened mm-hmm. we will blaze through the fashion report because it's minuscule 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy says that she and Claudia wear really fresh clothes, leggings, cowboy boots, oversized shirts, hats, and wild jewellery. Um, clothes, different yeah, garments. Basically, yeah, that can a, be a whole outfit. <laughs> arrayed in different manners. Sometimes there's an accessory. <laughs> we also wear underwear sometimes. <laughs> Um, when her mom goes shopping for her, she goes to Benetton and gets her a beautiful emerald green sweater and a matching beret, which is, in fairness, very like preppy New York sophisticated 90s teen. Yeah. And the other weird fashion detail is that nobody has pajamas in this book. Everyone is in nightgowns all the time. Um, Both Stacy and Charlotte are wearing an, an array of nightgowns, which is just like very quaint. Yes. I guess they're mustard. And 70s. I guess so. She doesn't spell out that it's a bardo shoulder velvet mustard nightgown, but like it's right there in the cover. So that's what it is. (laughs) I woke up at 7am, applied makeup and started my homework. Applied makeup, did, you know, uh, styled my hair. And stared into space grimly for a couple of hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. While a nurse loomed behind me. It's fine, though. She was actually quite nice. She'd helped me with my smoky eye moments earlier. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Karen, I have an important question for you. Is everyone terrible in this book? Uh, Only the McGill parents, I believe. Yep. Um, Why hasn't Mrs. McGill changed her name yet? She's still Mrs. McGill. Divorced women in this don't change their names. It's weird. Except for Sharon Porter. Yeah. Oh, because she gets married again. She's the only one. Yeah. Or maybe because the Porter identity is too strong to It's important in Stony Brook. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Stony I mean, Brook nobility. If I were coming back to Stony Brook, I would, I would change my name to Porter, back to Porter as well. Like, for sure. <laughs> Just to align yourself with the... Uh, the power block, yeah. Even if it hadn't been Porter. <laughs> I, I mean, if I was moving to Stony Brook right now, I'd change my name to Porter. <laughs> yeah. Aoife Porter. 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 <laughs> Porter. 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 <laughs> yeah, one of the Irish Porters. They won't be able to pronounce your name, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Eva Porter. <laughs> Close enough. I go by it in Starbucks, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think only the McGills are terrible. Um, yeah, no, no, everyone else is fine. Christy yeah. is a little bit... Um, Christy. Uh, you know, she's Christy. She, she misses the mark a bit, but her heart's in the right place. Yeah. I thought you said crustacean, like as in the word to describe Christy was like <laughs> crustacean, but Christy. <laughs> well, she just dressed up as a lobster that time, so it's yeah. Okay. Crustacean. Crustacean. <laughs> That's very A very crustacean of you. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Other than that, everyone else gets passed, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone's mostly doing their best and their hearts in the right place. Except uh, we're side eyeing Darlene Desmond for like <laughs> prioritizing bedpans over like medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the um, the nurse with the she has a film star name or something. <laughs> yes, just what uh, Stacy says. Darlene yeah. Desmond. That seems fair. Um, all right, our next book is going to be number 44, Dawn on the Big Sleepover, um, which oh, yeah. sounds no like it might be an illegal daycare. We haven't had an illegal daycare in ages. That would be great. Ooh. I think it is. I have a very, very, I think this is the book in which I learned what a Charlie horse was. Or no, I didn't know what it was. I just heard it and was like, what the hell is that? And it took many <laughs> years before I discovered. When I had one myself, I think. <laughs> it makes you think like you're dying. <laughs> 
you wake up in the middle of the night. The medical learning really does keep coming. Actually, uh, the first time I got one in the middle of the night, I thought I was dying. I thought I had a blood clot in my leg and I was like, yes. this is tragic. This is how I die. I'm 16, but I'm in too much pain to call for help. So I guess this is it. And then I <laughs> fell back asleep. <laughs> well, I was like, like, oh, I guess I didn't die. That's <laughs> yeah, anticlimactic. <laughs> I, I think I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. But maybe this happened in a babysitter's club book once. So it might not be dying. I'm not sure. <laughs> that happens so often. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I don't think I ever got one as a youngster. And like, Vic is really prone to them. So okay. like, I knew what was going on when I had to get one. They're horrifying. They are. <laughs> when you don't know what they are, they're really, really frightening. Oh God, I can, it's bad enough when you know what it is and you're lying there trying to scream into your pillow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my God. Um, hit us up real fast on the social, you guys. Uh, we're on <laughs> the staggering zombie remnants of Twitter uh, as <laughs> at Podcast Dawn. We're on Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook as the podcast at Dawn's House. You can drop us an email at the podcast at Dawn's House at gmail.com. And we're on we do, Mastodon. As Eva mentioned earlier. And we're on Mastodon as what are we on Mastodon as? We're the podcast at Dawn's House at Mastodon.ie. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Sorry, no, at podcast Dawn at Mastodon.ie. I figured it was easy to just match Twitter. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, there's a baby trying to pull your face off right now. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's grabbing for my headphones on, the, on my phone and there's a light in the microphone which he's going to notice in a minute. Um, yeah, He's so busy. It's so funny. There's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> as Eva mentioned earlier, we do have a Kofi or a coffee or a whatever it's called. and uh, You can give us money on that if you want to, but you don't have to. Yes, exactly. That was so crustacean. <laughs> and we're extremely like appreciative of the people who have and or who do... Um, uh, it's, it's very lovely of you. Um, and you know, we, we would do this anyway. Uh, but we, we have spent money on it. So it's nice to get a little yes. bit of that back. We appreciate it. Like you are contributing towards paying for like web storage for all our episode recordings and stuff. It's awesome. Yes. I, w- I was just thinking that like, the time we introduced this, it took us like five minutes to get past the awkwardness of the money thing. So I thought I would like, what's the quickest way I can say this? <laughs> kind of used to it now yeah listen we're gonna spend the money on like cocaine and gold-plated vibrators okay guys (laughs) (laughs) guys we've got 35 euro (laughs) it's gonna be very small vibrator (laughs) i i say that because some company gave all their staff a bonus and we're like you should spend this on whatever and tell us what you spent it on and somebody was literally like i'm gonna buy a really expensive vibrator i'm gonna tell the internet about it that's amazing (laughs) Right, I have to go. Because okay, so. remember to save and export your audio recording. Thank you, I will. <laughs> Make sure that you do. And with that tip to our audience. <laughs> news you can use. In conclusion, you guys, my advice to you all is take care of your pancreas. It's the only one you've got. And save and export your audio recording. And save and export your audio recording. <laughs> In a pancreas-friendly manner. <laughs> This makes no sense at all. <laughs>